eggs and trout? Well, that's all I can bring. <laughs> Maybe we could have a chicken dinner. Uh-huh. See? No. Okay. Eat. instructions for a rubber chicken? I'm not going to eat Waldenita. <laughs> Waldenita, he said. Uh, uh, I think, wasn't there a song called Waltonita? I don't think so. I think there was. Juanita. Waltonita. No, I think Juanita. You think it was a Juanita? I, I don't think it was a Waltonita. I don't know. I, don't I never heard of one of those. No. <laughs> I didn't know what one was either until my chicken arrived and laid an egg. Are, are, are you happy with your chicken? Is it? How's my chicken? It's sitting right here next to Alvin. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have a little tiny Alvin doll. Well, not tiny. He's about, oh, maybe six or eight inches high. And now he's got a chicken friend. <laughs> Everybody deserves a chicken friend. <laughs> you are too much. I'm really sorry about worrying about your Eastern friends, and I, I can surely yeah, understand. Yeah. Uh, sitting up uh, listening to you and uh, watching television at the same time. Yeah. See what I can get out of it. <clears throat> oh, I see our president is on there talking about it now. Oh. Yeah, so he's still so he's still he's on vacation, right? He's up there and No, he came back early. He, he came back home? Okay. Yeah, he came back yesterday. Mm. Uh, I don't want to talk about politics. We won't. No, we, we don't talk politics here. But, um, you know, he sent out all of the right messages. Listen to your emergency management people. Get off the beaches and... That's a good question to ask, maybe. What was the worst disaster both you guys ever been through? Um, oh, uh, me, it was a forest fire. Wow. How did that happen? Was it... Oh, you don't want to know. Okay. A big field uh-huh. down along the road here. It's a flat area. Yeah. And it was covered in weeds and a lot of a lot of what they call star thistle. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, who was it? Bureau Bureau of Land Management. Yep. Oh, say no more. They decided. Mm-hmm. They were going to burn it. Yep. And when did they burn it? They burned it on a, a hot July afternoon. Great timing. When it was windy. Great timing, huh? Oh, brother. And it, uh, it immediately, you know, they had to start it three times to get it going. Once they got it going, immediately jumped the road and burned out 23 or 24 of our neighbors. <gasps> I mean, burned flat to the ground. Oh, my God. Uh, Tony and I were out in our yard. And we saw this thing coming. It was a, it looked like it was a half a mile high. And it was coming right at us like a freight train. And about uh, a quarter of a mile down the road, the wind must have taken it and turned it to the right, and it went right around our property. Oh, my gosh. It, it burned out people above us and people uh, uh, below us and... Uh, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of the few times that the, the uh, government actually accepted responsibility for the thing, and, and the people did get paid. Yeah. 
Um, but you can't replace what what they're getting paid. Oh no! And let's face it, it would not have been full market value, really. So my my neighbor, uh, beautiful forest up up where he lives, uh, uh, was beautiful forest. He said it would be he would be 130 or 140 years old before it got back to anything like it was. Mm. I told him not to hang around that long. <laughs> not worth it. It's not worth it waiting for the trees <laughs> watching the trees grow. So are you, do you have arrangements with your family and friends back east that you're going to call them tomorrow or they're supposed to call you? Oh, yeah, we'll call them uh, if they have time to talk. I, I, it sounds like they're going to be pretty busy. I think they're going to be pretty busy, but even even ring the phone, we're okay, hang up, would be really wonderful to hear. Yeah, no, we'll definitely call them. Okay. Yeah. I, I suspect phone service is going to be out, but these cells will probably still have some towers up that will be able to transmit. Well, you know, it, the phone is a, an amazing thing. Uh, we've lost power here, you know, maybe a dozen times over the 15 years we've lived here, mm -hmm. and the phone has never gone out. No, when I was with the telephone company, the phone... The phone went out um, during one of the hurricanes, but it didn't stay out. They did repairs very quickly. Yeah, uh, we've, uh, to my knowledge, we never lost phone service. Well, with with the underground lines, um, they they were concerned. You know, the power company um, Con Ed was going to shut down their power. Oh yeah, right. And um, you know, the phone lines are sitting underground too, so. You know, it's uh, such a freaky situation because nobody has ever experienced something similar to this, and they really uh, don't know what to expect. I remember living in New York and having got the tail end of a couple of hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing uh, right on directly at us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they just said a little while ago they've already got a, a four-foot storm surge. And uh, it isn't there yet. The hurricane hasn't arrived there yet. Yeah. It's oh. it's the wave action. Apparently it's hanging around Maryland. Yeah. And it's the wave action on top of it. They were measuring 20-foot waves. Um, yes. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, just south of New York. And, you know, that's that's the stuff that scares me. It, it just... And the, the high tide is going to be at 8 o'clock. Uh I'm I'm just oh. sorry, and I'm not I'm not helping here. I am just so sorry that I chose not to leave. I'm quite anxious to hear what happened to my uh, cousin's sailboat. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm anxious to hear what happens to your cousin first. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, what they call a blue water boat. Uh, it's made for the ocean. Yeah. And, it, you know, I know it's a very strong boat. I just hope it doesn't get broken loose and end up on the rocks. Yeah, it, it gets, um, it, you know, because you don't have any steering mechanism when the thing is out floating by itself. That's for sure. Yeah. It can get swamped well, pretty easily with the way... Is that what Teeny's daddy's name was? Teeny's daddy's name? I can't remember. I know I heard it on the show. And I wrote it down someplace. But I will find the show and send it to you. Oh, you're an angel. 
It was one of the very early ones, probably in 1936, not any later than 1937, when they were first getting settled in Wistful Vista. And they had a gathering at their house. It was some kind of a, a party. It wasn't a picnic, but it, it might have been like a New Year's Eve party. And that's when we heard Teenie's father's name for the first time, and probably the only time. If you find it, I'd like to know. I would be more... And, and Sweetie Face does have a name. She does? I'd like to know that, too. <laughs> what, what is her name? Uh, oh. Sweetie. Oh, you can't tell me something and not have the answer? I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> and it bothers me. But I, I thought I re remember hearing about a name for Sweetie Face, but I've never heard it. You know, uh, that, that guy, Wallace Wimple, Yeah. he, he really bad-mouthed that woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, wanted the, he, wanted, he was hitting her head with snowballs that were made out of plaster of Paris. I remember he did that. He, yeah, well, I mean, he was... <laughs> he, he was pretty tough on her. Did he, did he actually throw them at her? Or did he just plan on it? Because he had a, a whole lot of things that he wanted to do to her and he wanted to say to her, but he had never done any of them. He, he, I think he threw the snowballs at her. He threw them? Jeez. It was like in the summertime and, so, and Fibber McGee says, what was where did you get snowballs? <laughs> he said, oh, I made them up last year, he says. So what, uh, I got two Fibber McGee and Molly questions for both you guys. Where was Wallace career? What did he do for a living? Oh, he wrote um, verses for right. greeting cards. Right. Then what was Molly's maiden name? Um, uh, know this. I know this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Patricia, I have no idea. Oh, Ralph, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Give me a minute. I know she was Irish. Yeah, it was an I Irish. she was Irish. And she would tell the cops every once in a while when she was batting her eyes at a cop to get out of a ticket or a problem. And, oh, my gosh. Oh, well, then don't tell me. It'll come. I know. I won't. I won't. I won't. I'll just wait. It's a good, it's a good teaser for you staying up all night about it. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you before the end of the show. Okay. Because I really do know. And I can't tell you right now, Ralph. I can't help. Well, I'll try and listen, and I, I don't know if I'll, if I'll be able to nod off or not. So you're watching the... Wait. I'll sure be listening to you. All right. Hey, you be safe. Oh, yeah, thank you. I must have talked too much. I'm getting a horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. I'll say good night again. All right, Ralph. We'll talk to you a bit. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Poor Ralph. I do that to people. What? What's that? Make, make people horse. I know. Yeah. Okay, Los Angeles. We were talking about Los Angeles and hot dogs. Yeah, the, the hot dog eating capital of the world, huh? Yeah. Of America. Country, we, anyway. Yeah. Hello there. You're on the air. Well, everything's live and wild tonight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, we were very lucky not involved in this stuff the coast was but um it was just a little bit breezy here but very 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 mild breezy uh for the reason i mean we've had a lot higher winds and thunderstorms 
but uh, it finally showered a little late yesterday afternoon. But I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with the hurricane. It uh, we're just too far west. Yeah. Well, I am so happy to hear that. I was thinking about you today because this is such a squirrely uh, storm that yes. um, um, you know people were getting hit, never should have been hit, and uh, so I'm I'm really happy to know that you're doing okay. Oh yeah, it uh, it didn't come anywhere near us, and uh, been kind of cloudy during the day. I guess is a a byproduct of it in one sense, but. Um, we, we really were not involved at all when you get down to the fact of it. Good. And then the coast was a little different situation. I they got hit pretty hard. I think it was a good thing that the tide was going out, but uh, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures on TV that the, um, you know, I think appeared um, yeah, one of your near, near Wilmington, I think it was just, Absolutely, so wrecked. Uh, it got chewed up pretty bad. Yes. Well, I'm um, glad you're okay. I'm really sorry yeah. for people who are enduring this and scratching my head at people who refuse to move. I don't know if you heard earlier, um, Walden and I were talking about this, and it might have been with Ralph, that on one of the barrier islands, and it may have been in North Carolina, um, Maybe it wasn't even a barrier island. It was on the coast, though. And the emergency people had gone through and, and issued their mandatory evacuation, and all but 3% of the people left. Now, that's 97% compliance, which is pretty good. But they went back to the 3% and said, we're not trying to scare you. We're being realistic. We'd like information about your next of kin. And that's... I mean, they left them there. You can't force people to go. And they insisted on staying. They left them there, and they left with information about their next of kin because they thought, and and I don't know what happened to them, but they thought there was a real possibility that they wouldn't be there after the storm passed. Yes, there there is a very good possibility, but I don't know. I've, I've got mixed emotions about that. Um, I don't. I think I would have left, but I've never lived on the coast. Mm -hmm. uh, I never had any desire to, but there's there's an 80-year-old woman on the coast of North Carolina. Surely you have seen that. She wouldn't leave. I think she had a small motel or something, and she said she's been there to everyone that's been, that she's been living, and she wasn't leaving this time either. And uh, they talked to her sometime late yesterday, and she was... Still sitting there, everything doing fine. Said she lost a few shingles, but that was it, and that was that happened with everyone that came through. Now I don't know what the circumstances are right now, but um, uh, she was on. I don't remember if it was Oka Croak or um, one of the others, but uh, you know she was waiting it out. But it's just you know um, it ain't my thing. No, I I like life more than that. I mean, this this is Hurricane Katrina stuff. They would go around and interview people and say, nope, I have my dogs and I'm here and we've lived through hurricanes and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And of course, they were gone. They were they were toast. They were history when it made land. Exactly. And, uh, you know, at some point, 
they decide it was a bad decision. But by the time they decide it was a bad decision, mm -hmm. uh, it's, too, it's too late. Mayor Bloomberg in New York City was on earlier tonight, and he said, okay, folks, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but this is reality time. If you're still here in Zone A and the evacuation areas, if you are still there, hunker down because your window of opportunity is closed. You cannot move. And that's where they stayed. You make a decision, and, and as you say, at, at some point along the way, the decision is irreversible. Well, you go have people that do survive a situation like that, and they're going to be saying, well, I did survive it, so it wasn't as bad as they said. But yet, a block over, plenty of people tried it, didn't, kind of thing. Exactly right. And they, they don't, I think a lot of them don't realize how lucky they are. Mm -hmm. And that, you know... It, it could be just the opposite. They could have bad luck just as well as they can have good luck. And of course, they're not around for interviews either. That's right. But you know, something like this is so unpredictable. And it certainly is. And uh, you know, at least oh, um, later yesterday in North Carolina, uh, the tide was going out. I think during the worst of it, and and that was a very good thing. Very good thing. But if that thing hits with the tide coming in, it just multiplies the factor. It just makes it worse. That's what they're looking at in New York. The tide is still going to be, it's, it's going to be coming in as the storm hits, and it will reach high tide at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And they're still going to be in some pretty stiff weather by then. Right. And then, you, you know, they shut down the subway and all, but I'll bet you... All of those are just about all, or at least the lower lying bills. Subway tunnels are going to fill up. Yeah. Um, and they've got a lot of subway tunnels. They've got a lot of deep ones, too. Mm-hmm. It just now, holes in the ground. I bet you they will be plumb full of water. Big holes in the ground. They are going to be full of water. Yes, sir. Um, oh, well. Anyway, I need to get on that. Um, you did. asked last week uh -huh. about spinoffs from Fever McGee and Molly. And yesterday or day before, it finally hit me what the other one was, and I did not look it up. You're a good person. I know it. <laughs> I, I tell everybody that. Nobody <laughs> believes me. <clears throat> anyway, no, uh, other than. Um, Gildersleeve, the other one was Eula. Oh, right. Very good. Very good. I don't know why I couldn't think of that when you asked me, but I guess it was too early in the morning. Well, we just got you at a wrong time. I mean, Walden just asked me a question about Molly's maiden name, and I know no, it. I heard that, and it, I, I have heard it, but it will not come to me. Will not come to me. No. It, it'll be there soon. You know, you were talking about what Wallace Wemple did for a living. Uh-huh. What I want to know is, and I never heard it, what did Fibber do for a living? <laughs> he did some odd jobs along the way. He delivered mail two times. Uh, uh, he well, you know, he did odd things like that, but I never saw anything that he ever got paid for. 
Well, yeah, he he got paid for delivering mail, and he got paid for well, he, he expected to be paid for being a floor walker and, and to replace more. Well, now that that was one of the ones that uh, you know he he was, he was never paid for that one. He was not paid for that one because he wound up at the wrong department. Store. Right, exactly. But he was um, supposed to have been paid. But Molly will, and he will tell repeatedly. I used to be in vaudeville, and the oh yes, the impression is that he retired from vaudeville. And would do yeah. an occasional uh, job. But, but yet, but yeah, when Molly talks about his act, they're always running it down. So, you know, he couldn't have saved up a bunch of money to live on. Oh, I was just going to say, there's no information about the income that they have while they're living in Wistful Vista. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that, and I was always curious. Nothing at all. Me and I and I, I and Fred. Yes, when you when you're an actor in a show like that, you don't have to account for a lot of things. You sure don't. You sure don't. Like things in books that um, kind of defy imagination. That you, you you wonder how did they do this, or how did they get from one point to another? Huh? It's impossible, and just all kinds of things that. Star Trek. I, I seem to question, and I guess I shouldn't do that, but it's just. You know, we've discussed this before. Things just jump out at you. Sure. We, we talked about this last week. Everybody, oh, yes. And everybody, at one time or another, if you read anything, has come across something to parallel a forty-nine caliber pistol. Exactly. And it's frustrating. It really destroys my... It, it's, it's so distracting and so jarring when I come across something like that, it intrudes on the rest of the piece of work for me. Yes, I, I agree with you. But, um, oh well. So how are you as a person? Honest to goodness. Well, just about the same. Of course, back still getting me a fit, but about the only thing that seems to be doing any good about that is that, you know, one of these elastic belt things. Mm-hmm that I keep pretty tight and wear that all during the day, and that helps. Um, but then when I take it off and try to do something, that's bad news. Um, my leg's giving me a lot more trouble than I ever thought it would. Um, I just hope it will eventually clear up. Yeah. But I'm, I'm still I'm having a lot of trouble with that. How about the TENS unit? Have you been using it at all? I haven't had much luck with that. I haven't used it very much, but... What little I have, um, I'm not saying they don't work for some people, but so far it hasn't seemed to do much of anything for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've even been wondering what acupuncture would do, but I've never been involved in acupuncture, so I don't know if it would help anything like this or not. Well, we have an awful lot of people out there who say, indeed it does, and now the medical community is starting to swing around and... And yes, I've noticed that. I don't know how far because, you know, like chiropractors are, you know, you really said something nasty if you say a chiropractor to a doctor. But, I, you know, I believe they do pay service, but uh, doctors don't seem to think so. And I don't know if acupuncture kind of stands in the same category or not, but it, it does seem to be starting to get more acceptance. Uh-huh. But I don't know if it did me any good or not. I've, I've never had anything to do with it, so I don't know. I don't know how much they cost either, which is certainly a concern. Again, and whether insurance will pay for it. Not likely. I remember my tower guy 
a friend of his was an engineer at a radio station. He had something wrong with his foot, and he went to an acupuncturist, and uh, he put those needles in, and it really did help, and, and he had two or three sticking in his foot, and he told him he'd be back in just a few minutes. And So the, the guy went out of the room, and um, he was sitting there with those things set in his foot, and he got thinking about it. Why in the world is this guy getting so much money for? He said, I believe I can do that as good as he can. But he had this little hammer that he'd driven the needles in with. Oh, no. And he decided, well, I can do it as good as he can. He picked that thing up and he whacked one of those needles. He said he thought he would die. And uh, he just couldn't be sick. He was about to come off the table when the guy came back in and, uh, you know, fixed the problem. But, uh, he decided there was a little more to it than what he thought it was. Uh huh. There, there's a great story, a management story, about a guy who retired. One of the the um, on the floor engineer type people, an older man, and there was something that happened in the manufacturing plant that they had to shut the whole plant down. It just went crazy. They couldn't find out what was wrong with it, and they finally picked up the phone and had the guy come in. And he knew exactly what was wrong. He went over to a piece of equipment. He turned a screw, adjusted a nut, and said, there you go. And everything went back into production. And I said, this is wonderful. How much do we owe you? He said, $10,000. I said, $10,000 for turning a screw, he said, no, 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 999, $9,999 for, $1 for turning the screw and $9,999 for knowing which screw to turn. Right. And that's similar to what you're talking about. The guy earned money for his time. He earned it for his expertise. Exactly. I've got a... To me, I think it's kind of funny, and I just have to tell you, there's a guy down the road from me, three or four miles. He bought, years ago, he bought a site of a, a quarry, a lake and a power plant, and it was the site for a Gulf Oil Chemical Company years ago. They made explosives there. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, he bought it. For $1,800, I forgot how many acres are there. Anyway, several years later, the city of Greensboro went down there and wanted the power plant uh, as part of the Greensboro City Water and Power. Mm -hmm. And they gave him something like $1.2 million for that. Oh. Yeah, right. Man, if I'd have known it was anywhere near that kind of money he bought it for, I would have tried to buy it. But nevertheless, uh, after saying all this, he he retired there from the fire department. I think his son lives on the property, too. And I'm sure he gets a lot of people there he don't want. But the other day, I, I think he was very stupid about this because it was ridiculous. But this guy in a pickup truck, came down his road and near his house and he saw him right there and he stopped and he went over to the truck and asked him if he could help him. He told him he was lost and he was trying to find a shooting range down there. The guy told him, well, there wasn't one and 
he was trespassing and he wanted to see his license. And the guy said, I don't have to show you anything. So he turned around and started to leave. Well, this dope reaches through the window trying to reach the switch key to turn the truck off. And he grabs the steering wheel and jerks it to one side where the truck veers and wipes out about a five-inch cedar tree. But he stops. And he wasn't far from going off in more than a 100-foot quarry full of water. Oh, my God. He would have really been in, in, in deep stuff. Now, here's the fun part. He calls the police. And guess what he called himself? An FBI agent. <gasps> now, what is so ridiculous? Of course, that's like yeah, there was no sense in going all this extreme. The guy told him he was lost and was just asking for information. I mean, he wasn't doing anything. Well, if you go down the road, <clears throat> go into this, if you turn right, you go to his property. If you turn left, it goes to a hunt club. They probably have a range there, and he probably knew that because he's lived there so long. Uh-huh. Why didn't he just give the guy directions and let him go instead of doing something stupid like this? Well, I will say he was probably having a bad day, but by the time he got finished, it was a really bad day. Yep. It's, I mean, when you catch yourself an FBI agent, that's like going fishing for a trout and you come home with Jaws. Yeah. Whoa. Oh. Uh, I just thought that it reminded me of a joke. Uh, of course, it's on the other side of the fence, it's, you know, with the government agent. But the, the story is this, this guy pulls into this farmer's driveway and <clears throat> he goes out to ask him what he wants. Now, and he tells him that, that he's a government agent and he's there to inspect his property, the whole farm. And the farmer told him, well, fine, but he can't go in that pasture on the other side of the house. He reached up and grabs him by the shirt, jerks him up on his toes, pulls a badge up in front of his face and said, look, you see this? This says I can go anywhere on your property and do anything I want. Do you understand that? He said, yes, sir, that's fine. So he set him down. The farmer went on about his work and the guy wandered off. Her yells, show him your badge. <laughs> That's good. I thought it was too. That's good. I, I know it's probably a joke, but it would be wonderful to see it happen. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is too funny. Well, I'm going to be surprised in your envelope. Um, you've got some surprises coming, and I did find the shows that you talked about last week. Okay. But you, you got Beulah. And the great Gildersleeve, and I will put another surprise in your envelope. Okay. That sounds That's good. Cool. Sounds like a deal to me. I have some Beulahs I haven't listened to, but I don't. <clears throat> I really don't think I've got any Gildersleeve at all. Are you serious? Well, my gosh, I can fix that. Well, now, you know, I may have a few on cassette that I recorded God knows how long ago. But I, I know I don't have many 
um, from back then. So, you know, that's a good thing. Okay. Well, I can fix that. I'm just, well, just looking back in my notes here to see. I'm, I had sent Gildersleeve out to somebody. I got the Green Hornet and Fort Laramie. Yeah, I really do keep good notes here. Um, and what else do you have? Got to try to get all mine in one pile and make a list of them. I know that. I, I made. Did I send you Dragnet or was that. That was. Ridiculous? Oh, yes. You, you did. I sent you Dragnet. Okay. And. Roy Rogers and Gene Autry. And. Um, and stuff like that there. <laughs> well, I know you've done Dragnet for Laramie. Um, uh, oh, J.B. Kendall, I can't think of the name of the show. Um, I got that. Um, oh, Lord. Of course, Fibber McGee Molly got a lot of those. Uh, Amos and Andy. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I've got an awful lot of IOUs here for you. Well, I don't expect you to keep on keeping those. Judy Canova. Doing something to think of, of, of something I might have. But yeah. well, that, Judy Canova. Very much. Um, I think I just told you Escape, and what was the other one? Um, um, oh, well, let's see, that was from last week. There was Yeah, there was three there, and I only told you about two of them. Well, there were there were three, and it was do not go away. Boo, 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 boo. Well, for heaven's sakes, I must have put it on a different. There we go. Uh, sorry, reading the wrong one. We had don't go away. I know, I know what we had. Bold venture was one of not bold venture. Um, Boston Blackie, suspense, and escape. Okay, I swear it would not come to me right now, but there was another one of the um, escape-type shows. Mysterious Traveler. Um, I put that one in, in your envelope. Yeah. Um, um, First Requester was pretty good, too. But, but there was another one. That was similar the, to... The, oh, wait a minute, is it Suspense? Is, do you have that one on there? Yeah. That was another one. I swear it would not come to me. Was um, Escape, Suspense, and Boston Black were the three that you mentioned? Yeah, I, I know, but there was another one in the same vein as Escape and Suspense. Oh, well, I'll think of it later. I gave you uh, um, one of your surprises from me is uh, Mysterious Traveler. That, that's good, because I like that. Yeah, I, I thought you would. I'll find something. Um, and the whistler. Uh, Did you get the whistler? No. Well, not that I know of. Not yet. Then you will have whistler. Okay. I can do that. Got that one. I have just, I have just got to get all these things in one pile and make a list of them. But <clears throat> I haven't. So. You have to make your ears oh. smile. Before I leave, I've got another word for you. It's not Southern, but I happened to think about it when you came up with pen hookers. <laughs> yes, you remember this, that. This is a noun, not a 
verb. Okay. Do you know what a can't hook is? C-A-N-T. Uh-huh. Hook. Two words. Can't hook. No, I don't. And it, it was at some time known as, although it's a slight variation, but it was also called a PV. PV? With a P. Yeah. With a P as in Patricia. Yeah. I do not know. P-E-V-E-Y. Nope. Oh. Yeah. I guess I'm not being very fair here because it is specifically related to a type of uh, work. It's a tool. And I really don't expect you would have ever heard of it, but I just thought it was a good thing to ask with, yes. along with your, your pen hookers. I come up with surprises once in a while, and I know. So, all right, what's a PV hook? Well, no, it's either a PV ah, okay. can't, can't hook. Okay. Now, they're not exactly alike. They started life as a PV. Okay. But evolved into a can't hook. Okay. All right. If you are trying to roll big logs or big poles, like telephone poles, utility poles, how do you do that? Ah, uh, with a hook. Well, yes. A, a hook on the end of a very long pole. No, not really. All right, a can't hook is a wooden handle, four to five feet long. The one I have is right at five feet. It's approximately two and a quarter inches in diameter down at the bottom, and it tapers to a round wooden ball at the top. Okay. The ball is approximately, oh, I don't know, inch and a half, inch and three quarters in diameter. Oh. So the shaft tapers down to that point, and then the ball is on the end of it, and it was turned this way in a lathe. Um... Now, down at the very bottom, it's straight across the bottom. It has an iron collar around it with several little claws sticking out from it, three-eighths or half-inch long. Okay. Uh, I didn't count to see how many was there, and I should have, but it doesn't matter. And then you come up from the bottom, oh, eight to ten inches, and you've got another collar around it with a bolt through the ears on the ends of the collar. And you have a curved piece of steel in there. It's about a quarter inch thick and approximately an inch to inch and a quarter wide. And it looks like about the quarter of a circle. You know, like you took a circle and cut it into four pieces. Uh -huh. So it's a quarter of an arc. And on the end of it, you have a steel spike about three inches long. Good grief, this is a weapon. No, not really. All right, this curved piece and uh, will move up and down on the bolt on the collar, which is 8 or 10 inches from the end. It hinges. Mm -hmm. So what you do is put this thing on a log or a pole, and the, the toe of it digs into the wood, and then the, the, the curved piece goes over the pole, and the hook grabs on the far side, are partially in the far side. Now you have a lever that will grip in one direction so you can turn the pole or log. Mm -hmm. Then when you, you lift up on it, it just scoots around the pole for another grip. Okay. 
That is what a cant hook is. Well, thank you. If there's going to be a test down the line. Yeah, you never know when you might need to know this. I'm going to pass it. I'll pass it. I'll remember that. And I'll bet you, you don't know a soul that knows what a cant hook is. I know you. Gotcha. So, you see, (laughs) that makes you a whole lot smarter than everybody else you know. (laughs) No, you're a whole lot smarter. No, because you know what it is. Oh, you said I didn't know a soul who, who who knew what that was, and I said, yes, I know you. Yeah, well, I said besides me, but uh, yeah, okay. at least, at, at least, you're probably gonna be smarter than anybody else you talk to, because they won't know. <laughs> this is true, which means. And they just, just, just hope that they don't think real quick to pull something on you. Well, see, I could tell them anything if they didn't know what it was. I could tell them anything. Well, that, that's true, but if they go look it up, they'll find out you were right. Ah, okay. Then I'm if you want if you want to look it up, you'll find the history of it. The, the guy that, that made the TV was named PV, and he supposedly came up with this sometime around 1800, and it evolved into the can hook. And I don't fully understand the difference in it, but that's the way I understood it. Now, you know, in my lifetime, I never knew that it was ever called a PV. I'd only heard it called a can hook. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, as I said, they're used in logging and, and handling poles, and they're used around sawmills a lot to turn logs, of course. But anyway, you, you know something different? And Walden, I'm sure you were listening, so you know it too. I think Walden left. I believe you're right. Yeah, when he's quiet for a while... He has either left us alone or he has fallen over and fell asleep. I'm serious. It's possible. I'm serious about that. Well, if we keep when he, come, when he comes back, you can ask him what a can hook is. If you don't know, you'll know you left. I'm going to ask him if he's alive and well. <laughs> yeah. If you keep repeating his name, eventually he will answer. Okay. Got to got to say his name out loud. Hey, Walden. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep, I'm here. Where were you? Uh, now, do you know what a can hook is? I have no idea. That's because you weren't listening. We know he wasn't here. Well, I was. I was just kicking back. I, I told you, he fell asleep. No, I was just kicking back, listening. No, you weren't. You fell asleep. I know well, you... I guess that, now, that goes to prove that Patricia knows something you don't. <laughs> See, one thing, right, just one thing, but at least thing, and I thank you so much for that. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> now I right. that Walden doesn't know. Walden doesn't know much of anything. Walden, Walden, you tell the truth now. You yes. fell over, didn't you? No, I, I, I didn't fall asleep. I was stretching out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm not going to try to contribute anything else tonight. I'll let y'all get on with it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're safe, and I'm glad you didn't get pounded with this storm. And I'm, I'm yeah, me too. And to let us know. Yeah. yeah absolutely. You done good. All righty. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, Harwood. Bye bye. Bye bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Give us a call. I'm back on my two feet.
<laughs> your eyes are open. Uh-huh. Your your nose works. Uh-huh. Everything is sharp and and good. Show away my show away my tail. I don't see it. Sure. <laughs> sure, you can do that. Yeah. Every, uh, anything is possible on radio. There are some <laughs> things that you probably would not want to do on TV, but <laughs> you can wag your tail <laughs> if you want. Oh, Lordy. I'm doing oh, are the, you listening? I'm doing the waggy. Oh, Bill. <laughs> we promise not to tell you what went on here. Okay, I looked up information about Andy Devine tonight. Alright. Yeah, this is this is good. He was in Radio Land, Jingle P. Jones, who was sidekick to Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill! Yeah, he, Wild Bill! He had that, that raspy, squeaky voice. He made the most of that voice, and uh, he, he did a great job. So who who played... Oh, you know this. Forget it. All right. Guy Madison? Yeah. Guy Madison was Wild Bill Hickok, and Andy Devine was Jingles P. Jones, both on radio and on television. And they did the radio show... At the same time, they did the television show. They did them contemporaneously. So from uh, May 1951 through December 1956 was radio, and 51 through 58 was TV. So they were working both both mediums at the same time. Pretty good run on both. Very good run on both, and it, it just amazed me when people like that, like My Little Margie, but that, would, that had a very short run with an overlap. Right. But there were other shows that ran on television and radio at the same time, and they were all produced in the same week for, for weekly episodes. So it, it was really surprising. One of the neat things about Guy Madison was that he was really a handsome dude. Mm. And it would have been a waste to leave him on radio. And I mean, really, it, it would have been. I should have looked up information about him. Maybe next week I'll, I'll have some Guy Madison information. I mean, he was really a handsome guy. I went out looking for information on, on um, Jingles and Andy Devine, uh, Jingles slash Andy Devine, today, and came across some pictures of him with Guy Madison. And boy, I mean, Guy Madison was really a hunky person. I don't know what kind of a person he was, but he was hunky to look at. I remember when he passed away, about 10 years ago, I think. That long ago? Seemed like it. Wow. Yeah. So, anyhow, somebody out there remembers which horse, what, what Jingle's horse's name was. And while you're at it, you can tell me what Wild Bill Hickok's horse's name was. This we have had before, so this is your test tonight. We've talked about the two horses. So... Wild Bill Hickok on the radio was first heard on the Mutual Network, and I believe Fibber McGee and Molly spent time on Mutual, did they not? If they did, I don't know about it. Huh. Okay, well, erase that, because Walden knows everything. <laughs> All right, who was the sponsor? Oh, I see. What cereal? Um... This is not dead air. We're listening to Walden Think. 
what's it? Corn pop? Pardon? Corn puff? Corn pops, yes, sugar corn pops. Okay. By Kellogg's. Yeah. Kellogg's sugar corn pops. Bang, bang. Sugar pops are tops. Okay, Hollywood actors. Um, they did the bad guys and townsfolks in, in the shows. Charlie Lyon did the announcing, and he was also panhandled Jim for the Corn Pops commercial. Ah, nice. Which was kind of neat. Now, I remember his voice. When I listened to Wild Bill Hickok, I remember his voice from other shows, and I'm, I'm positive he played bad guys in, in westerns. Do you recall anything about that? Um, I would have to... The, the voice I'm hearing in my head is his announcer's voice. Right. And I bet he would probably did other Westerns like Red Rider things like that. I can't think of it right off the bat. But probably been character parts that could have used it. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. was. He was. It was a character cowboy. It wasn't a right. or anything. Right. But he was frequently one of the bad guys in a band of wrestlers. Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I yeah. recognize his voice, but I had not paid attention closely right. enough to be able to tell you which ones. Okay. What was Jingle's whine with Wild Bill Hoodcock? He'd say, Hey, Wild Bill! What was the rest of it? Hmm... Sometimes he would say, hey, Bill. Hey, Bill, hold up. Wait for me. Wait, wait for me. Wait for me. Yeah. Now, I, I hope, Harwood, I hope you're listening to this. Andy Devine's mother was Amy Ward, and she was the granddaughter of Commander James H. Ward, the first officer of the United States Navy killed during the Civil War. Mm. Wow. That's remarkable. Uh, you know, I mean, boy, we, we get connections to history all over the place. Oh, yeah. really don't remember how how juvenile our country is by comparison to the rest of the world. That's true. We have not been in existence all that long. Okay. Um, now, we, we talk about Andy's voice periodically. Yeah. At, and he used to tell a story that he was running with a curtain rod in his mouth. Right. And... He fell, and when he fell, it pierced the roof of his mouth. Right. And when he was finally able to speak, he had a, this wheezy, squeaky tone. You know, he could go from, hey, Wild Bill. He could do the ups and the downs. So I had heard that story a couple of times, and I thought, you know, you do not hurt your voice when you pierce the top, you know, the roof of your mouth. It doesn't change the tone of your voice. It doesn't hurt your vocal cords unless he really did puncture something other than the top of his mouth. However, it said Divine Son Tad told an Encore Westerns Channel interviewer in 2007 that the accident had indeed happened, but that Divine was uncertain whether it was the cause of his unique voice. Now, that would have made sense to me. When asked if he had strange nodes in his vocal cords, Divine replied, I've got the same nodes as Bing Crosby, but his are in tune. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful that, Doesn't that sound like an Andy Divine? Yeah, that's wonderful. But he did not stop at Wild Bill Hickok. He appeared in more than 400 films, mm -hmm. more than 75 times on Jack Benny shows between 1936 and 1942. Mm -hmm. And... 
Benny was the one who frequently referred to him as the mayor of Van Nuys, when in fact he actually was the honorary mayor of that city. Mm-hmm. He did animated voices, voiceovers for animations, including Fire Tuck in Walt Disney's Robin Hood. And he was the voice of Cornelius the Rooster in several Kellogg's Corn Flakes commercials mm-hmm. on TV. Now, that's a pretty full order here. When did he live? When did he pass away? Did it say? Of course it did. Did I write it down? Of course I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you keep talking for one second. You know, I'm, I know these things. I know I have to look for them. But I need you to remind me. You can give it. You can give the lovely, talented... Miss Patricia, call. October 7th, 1905 to February 18th, 1977. So you were 72. Hello, Dale, you're on the air. Well, you skipped the fact that he was on, um, um, Glum and Abner, too. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, 1948. Also had a television show, Andy's Gang. No kidding. What else? Yeah, I always thought he was great as a fire chief on Lemon Abner. Mm-hmm. And he just he let the courthouse burn down from a nothing fire. And he fell in the store one time. Now, I don't remember that one. He fell in the store, and they were all afraid that he was going to sue them. And they took him. He couldn't move. He couldn't stand up. And they took him home in the back of a pickup. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that particular episode, but... Uh, I'm sure it was good. It it was good. Everything he did was good. So, but I, I do. Think I, I don't mean to change the subject, but there was another actor I never heard her on radio, but she played Annie Oakley on the TV show. Uh huh. Do you remember that? No. I cannot remember her name, but she was good. And in later years, she was on the Andy Griffith Show as. Um, Oh, heck, Bernie's girlfriend's cousin. Um, she can't even think of her name. But she outshot Andy in skeet shooting contests when Andy didn't even know she could shoot. But I was talking to a friend of mine about her, and he said, oh, well, that was just, you know, TV um, trick photography and so forth. But I looked her up, and it wasn't. She was a national shooting champion in this country. Wow. Gail Davis? Um, Sound right? And I forgot what else, and I, I swear I can't remember her name, but if you look up the Annie Oakley show, I'm sure you'll you'll get it. Gail Davis? This was sometime in the 50s that the Annie Oakley show was on. Yeah, we're, we're losing hair again, Walden. Was it Gail Davis? Was it Gail Davis, Hollywood? That kind of sounds familiar. I'm not sure of it, but I think that might be right. Yeah, that's what I've got here. Yep. He can't hear me either. I don't know why. Yes, I can hear you now. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's a, not your fault. Yep. Yeah, Gail Davis is the one that's listed here. Yes. That's interesting. Well, you know, I really thought... She could do what I thought she could, but after he was so emphatic about it, 
that's when I decided to look her up, and I found that I was right anyway. That <laughs> it, it wasn't trick photography. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I but if you, I, I'm sure before your time, but if you get a chance to watch any of the Annie Oakley shows, uh, you know, they were pretty good. I think it was still... I want to say, I guess they were more in the category of the Lone Ranger and some of the others. Um, maybe slightly more oriented toward kids, but I don't know if it totally was, but probably more so. But, you know, I liked her anyway. Yeah. According to the information that I have here, it ran from 1954 to 1957. Then again, 1959 to 1960. Then again, 1964 to 1965. Does that sound right? I don't know. I only uh, saw the 54 to 57 ones. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about the later ones. I wasn't watching much TV at that point. But I did. Well, I guess I saw the end of the 54 to 57 because we didn't have a TV until 55 or 56. And um, in '57, when everything went to pot, anyway. But um, I, I never knew about the '59 and '64 ones. Okay. Um, it says, "Well, then this will be fun for you." It had three executive producers, and one of them was Gene Autry. No kidding. That's what it. Never knew that. How about that? Well, I guess if you got it on there, you know the three main characters' names, but. Um, the, 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 the three characters, or the three... The, the main characters, um, you know, Annie Oakley, Peg, and Lofty Craig. And Annie's brother, Tag? Yes, Tag was her uh, brother, and then Lofty Craig was the... I guess he was a deputy sheriff. And the role of Tag was played by Billy Gray, who became... Bud Anderson on Father Knows Best. And we had Bud here. We had him on the show last year. I remember that. That's right. My goodness, look at all these people who are coming together on this show. Good grief. Good grief. Oh, well, I still want you to work on Vera Lynn. <laughs> work on what? Vera Lynn. Okay, that's a good thing. Email me to remind me, and I will, and I will look up to see if I have a current contact for her. Okay, I will do that yep. because I would very much like to hear that. I think so. Well, and I figure once I got through, I need to Obviously, get... it needs to be fairly soon because she, she's somewhere in her 90s. I know. Well, you never know. We'll make another pitch and go see if we can go well, get her. And you know, she's bringing back a lot of her music, and I'm, I'm really curious... I swear I thought they said she was still singing. Well, I think I would not be surprised. Maybe she's got a current website. You want to look at Verilyn. I think there is a website, but I haven't ever tried to look it up. You want to see PatriciaVerilyn.com? Well, sure. How much are you going to pay me? I'll pay you as much as I make on this show. Oh, I get more zeros? Yes. Vera Lynn. How do you spell your last name? Is it L-Y-N-N, I think it is. What do you think, Hollywood? I think that's right. Sounds that way anyway. And, and the interview they had on television with her about a year ago, um, her voice was not going. 
like you would expect. Yeah. I I just really couldn't believe she sounded as good as she did. But I thought she was dead a long time ago. Oh no. Um, Vera Lynn songs, YouTube videos, videos, free music codes. I'm looking for a a, a contact, but I don't I don't see a contact. Can you try veraland.com and see if there's actually a website? Yeah, I've got the website in front of me, but I don't see any contact information. Music artist promotion. Let's see what that is. Uh, well, if you can figure out what record label, I'll just go through the record label. Well, let's see. Listen to music, free music codes. Let us see here. Don't go away. We won't. Verilyn items. Verilyn, Verilyn. Um, it. Let me let me go through Google and see what I get for Google. It looks like a just a showcase piece of work here. Yeah. Well, I think if we can figure out the record label, then we'll get yeah, through. Yeah. It doesn't have any. Yeah. Then we'll go through the record label. Right. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Yeah. This is part of detective work, how we figure out how to find people. Yeah. Well, there must be some way of doing this because, as I said, they did an interview on television. We're running something for all I know, but um, apparently she's doing some interview somewhere. We'll have to um, we'll have to dig up some information. It's not coming up here. Everybody okay. has information about her, but there's there's nothing about you know nothing that's associated with her. Right. Oh well, y'all get back at it. And I do know Jingles and um, uh, Wild Bill's horses' names, but I won't mess it up. Somebody can win something. <laughs> you really are listening. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh gosh, you are. So don't don't talk about me. We're gonna. And I and I heard you with a reference about um, Annie Devine's granddaddy. Uh huh. And the Navy. It, it would have been his great granddaddy, I guess. Yeah. And the Navy. Oh uh, no, it wouldn't have been. It couldn't have. It should have been his granddaddy. Well, you're you're probably right. Um, and you know everything on the internet is true. It says that his mother was the granddaughter of Commander James H. Ward, and that wouldn't be right. No, that don't. That I think's too far back. Yeah, well, then, uh, you know, people get the idea that you know that was three hundred years ago. Oh, I wasn't. It was. Um, it, it was. I think this year is the hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the starting of the war. Now he had to have been born. Probably around 18, well, well to be a commander, he probably had to have been born around 1830 or so. And let's, say, let's say he was killed in 1861 or something, he could have had a son already. And well, it then, might have been her granddaddy. Maybe, if it, if it was crunched tight enough. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, and that, it says he was killed in 61. Yeah. It, it might have been his great-granddaddy. Yeah. I thought about that. You know, if, if his mother was like 20 years oldish when he was born, mm -hmm. that would have made it 
1885, and that probably not her, her father who was killed in 1861. It would have been her grandfather, because her father would have. Yeah. Been well, her. now wait a minute. If she was around 20. Yeah, and it if if she was uh, 28. It still could have been her daddy. It still could have been her grandfather. Yeah. So it could it could have been her father. Now here's here's the other kicker. It says her his mother was named Amy Ward, and I came across a note that said his wife's name was Amy, which is possible, but it's it's not likely. So Walden, do you know what what his wife's name was? I do not. I'll have to go find that too, huh? Well, I'm get, I would get thinking Todd would be a great a great person to have on the show. His son, Todd? Yeah. He'd be great. Yeah, I think it would, too. He'd be great to have on the show. I think that would be fabulous. So maybe if we can find an AndyDevine.com, maybe we can track Todd down. That would be very excellent. Yeah. See how we brainstorm around here? Absolutely. That's right. All right, so now I have to... And thank goodness it gets us somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, y'all go on at it. I just wanted to Remember. bring that up. If he had been on uh, uh, Lum and Abner, I always thought that was great. Of course, when he was on um, Jack Benny, I thought it was pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah. Howdy, Buck. He was... He was... When he was talking about Ma and Pa. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Before you go, I have a question. Okay. You remember what a pin hooker is? Yes, I do. Huh? You do? Yes. Boy, oh boy, you. Really I didn't. I didn't know anything about it until you told me that. You really? I never, I never even heard of them. You really do pay attention in school. My God. I, I do. You know, I always thought it was it was really funny. This um, smarter than a fifth grader. I know you've seen that. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Well, anyway, they have these fifth-grade kids on there to help the contestants. And, you know, they're grown. And, of course, I haven't seen any yet that actually won the million dollars or whatever. Huh? Most of them give up before the last question to do that. But at the end of the show, they have to say that, you know, they're... Um, uh, CEO of some big company or whatever it may be, but I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. And you know, the, if you stop and think about that, that was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, how many people can remember what they learned in the fifth grade that long? Or if, if, if they had the quick kids with them. Most quick kids probably smarter than most. Oh, my goodness. Well, now, the quiz kids compared to these fifth graders, I mean, you can't even, that's night and day. These fifth graders they have on this show are pretty darn good. Uh -huh. But even so, they miss the question sometime, too. Uh-huh. Now, the quiz kids were a different thing, or at least what I've heard of it. They have some smart rascals. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. They sure was. I wish I'd been that smart when I was in school. Oh, boy, I wish I were that smart. I'm not even that smart now. <laughs> I just said, I wish I were that smart now. So, do you, That's the truth. Do you like the quiz kids? 
Uh, it was all right. I, I was never, I mean, I was impressed with how smart they were. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know that it's something I really would care to have, other than, I guess, just a novelty. But um, I was impressed with them. They were wonderful. Yep. Yeah, except, except for Joe Kelly. I really like that show. There's something about Joe Kelly that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Well, he, he seemed like he was always fishing for something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, 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 I know he was an announcer and all that stuff, but he, he, he just seemed like he was wandering around and, and, and really couldn't think what yeah. to say and which was having to make do as best he could. Which is true, because he, he didn't get back to third grade himself. Well, I would believe that. <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Oh. He sounds like an elderly aunt who looks at a 20-year-old nephew and says, well, how are you doing today, sweetie? It is just so good to see you. Like you expect the kid to be carrying a teddy bear. Exactly. And that's the way he talked to those kids. Yeah, well, I was definitely sure they were a lot smarter than he was. And don't misunderstand me. He didn't go but to third grade. There's a lot of people in this world with common sense that far outweighs some college graduates. Right, true. But still, uh, I don't think he was one of them. No, well, it always got me when he said, "Well, Joe, let me just give you the card, and you can figure it. You can figure it out." Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. And and he'd say, "Well, no, I, I don't think that's the answer. No, Bobby." And Bobby would say, yes, it is, because <laughs> it was like a junior Oscar Levin, you know? And, I mean, there's just no way that Joe Kelly could say, well, no, you're not right, or yes, you are right. He was he was not a Clifton Fadiman by any means. And I, I know you haven't seen, apparently haven't seen this fifth grader thing, and I believe they're into reruns now. And I may be wrong about that. But anyway... Uh, Jeff Foxworthy is a host on that thing, and you know he does good. But what just absolutely drives me up the wall is these contestants, and I mean some that are—they've even had some professors on there. And to me, you couldn't have proved it by listening to them. But whoever they are, I just—they'll ask them some very simple question, uh, like for example. Um, if you add three, six, and nine, and subtract five, what's the answer? Well, they ought to be doing it as they hear it. But they will sit there, well, if you add three (laughs) and six, that would be nine, and nine would be 18, and then if you take five off of that, you will have 13. I mean, they go into this deep reasoning one little step at a time for everything they ask them. Yeah, Mike, I just, the way the show is set up and they're told to do that, I can't imagine. Well, that might be, but it just it sounds stupid. It is. I, I mean, I can't imagine anybody with the brains of half a box of rocks wouldn't, you know, would choose to do that a different way. Oh, it, but it, it's amazing. Anyway, y'all get on what you're doing. I shouldn't have called back, but... Yes, you should have. Anyway, 
Thanks a lot. Well, thanks for the um, reminder about Woman Abner. I had forgotten all about that, and Andy's gang on television. I forgot about that one, too. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Very yeah. cool. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. I think Andy's gang had Froggy the Gremlin. Froggy well, the Gremlin was like a... Well, Froggy was, in, of course, was part of Smiling Ed and Buster Brown gang. That was that was Froggy the Gremlin. Uh huh. He was on that sh on that radio show. Uh huh. I guess. Yep. I, I, yep. I, I, I. Yep. We can talk to June Foray about that because she was a regular on that show. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, her husband, the guy, the director, the producer. That's who she married. Oh, very good. Of that show, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. I got I got useless but fun information. Terrific, we love that. Yeah, I know. It, it, and you know, fun information that's useless is just happy stuff because you don't have to remember it. And sometimes it's silly, mm -hmm. and you're never going to use it again. But it's fun to listen to. That's my story, that's, and I am sticking to it. That is Patricia's model. That's my. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Okay, Australia. Here is a piece of information about Australia. There are 350 different kinds of butterflies there. I think that's pretty well. Pretty nice, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now we're still in Australia. Mm -hmm. Humans, if they are... No, we got something now. Let me do the koalas first. Koalas and humans are the only animals with unique fingerprints. Koala prints can sometimes not be distinguished from human fingerprints. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Scientific study compared human and koala fingerprints. Hmm. Koala fingerprints can be distinguished from human ones, but there are and the koalas have a different fingerprint. Every koala has a different fingerprint, just like humans. Is this like the koala bears that we're talking about? Yeah. Hello there, you're on the air. I went to a birthday party. And how was it? It was, we had a seven course Chinese dinner. Oh my God, really? They had like walnut shrimp and they had um, all this excellent um, picking duck and Wow. They had some great noodles and oh. Oh my goodness. Oh, it was such good. Almond float for dessert and all kinds of good stuff. So I am really full. Then we went to his apartment to have a good carrot cake. <gasps> carrot cake? A carrot cake. It was much better than the kind that you eat at Costco. It was moist and all kinds of good stuff. Oh, before. I am really, and it, it's because he's a singer, you know, we we got, I got to play for him and let him sing for his 78th birthday, and he, he had, and he recorded it, and he was having a good time, and they had other singers that we played for, and so he just he had a very enjoyable time, so I am, I just got home, just got home, and I just wanted to let Patricia know that, um, we got we got the upload the down upload the thing that you down uploaded. Is Jack Benny shows? 
the Czech paint shows now. Huh? Yeah, we're trying to figure how she can download it up from her Apple computer. And um, she said that things pop up like she has to get this program or something. Oh, see, I, I, I thought I had put the correct instructions in. There are three download options. Two of them are to download a program so that you can sign up for membership. And the third one is just to download a file. Okay. And it says, click here for download. Oh, and then, and then if you download that third program, you can download the whole thing? You can, you can just download the file without having to download a program. It's, it's oh. a file that's there. Um, and it says click here for download of... And then, then you can transfer to a CD? Uh-huh. Wait, tell Gail that, wait. I think she will. Gail, Patricia wants to talk to you. <laughs> Hi, Patricia. Hi, Gail. Do you want to talk to me? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. When you go to the download site, there wait, are... I have to open... I have to turn my um, computer on. Oh, okay. I wonder if, uh, let's see, you sent it with, through your Apple? Uh-huh. But I'm going to open up my Windows. Okay, you can do it, but I, I don't, I'm not even sure you need to go there. Um, okay. When okay. you get to the page, the download page. Okay, wait, I have to, it takes a little while for my computer to start. Fine. That's fine. Why, why don't you talk to Ron until I get my... Oh, I was going to talk to you until you get it up. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you on air? How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh-huh. Did you enjoy all of this food tonight that Ron just described to us? Um, let's see. Yeah. We went to a Chinese restaurant. Huh? It was a little different, you know, than usual. It sounds like it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I, I like all my vegetables. I love their beans, and they had a Chinese... Uh, Festival, choice some or something like that. Um, that was, you know, they, they spiced it up a bit, a little, uh, but not too much. And they didn't put too much salt. So I liked it, you know, all of their food. Mm -hmm. And there was one, they um, they had fish and they fried it deep, deep fry, huh? and it was just right. Ooh. And and then they really deep fry in hot hot oil. The, um, the bones, you know, the that part, uh -huh. like the skeleton part, and they deep fried it, and you could even eat the bones. No kidding. What kind of yeah. fish was it? So that was really neat. <laughs> what kind of fish it was? I don't know. <laughs> Some kind of. See, they took all the they took all the meat off, and they deep fried the meat, uh -huh. uh, the fish meat, and and. Um, you know, so it gets crunchy, like, uh, let's see, I'm trying to just think. Mm. Like crunchy fried chicken. Yeah, something like that. Right. Only thing, uh, uh, it, it was a lighter, you know, lighter batter, huh? and so that was really good. And um, then they fried I that. And then they fried the bones separately. I have to ask you about Peking no. duck. Did you like the duck? No, I, I don't care for duck too much. Never had duck. And I've talked with people who have tasted it, and a lot of them don't like it. They said it was kind of greasy. 
Is it? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you gotta like the taste of duck too. Uh, but but I like those stuff in bun. They you know what they did? They they crisp fry the duck's skin, and they put a piece of the skin in there with um, plum sauce. Oh wow! Uh, like onion or okay. something like onion, and they put that in there, and you taste it. It's like a good luck thing, and and I like I enjoy that. We all enjoy that. Anything that's good luck, I would enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have. You know, um, huh? and uh, they had for the, their dessert almond, but it was just uh, the jello part uh, without the other stuff. <laughs> uh, usually we like the other stuff, you know, like the, um, the they put peach or orange or um, fruit, the fruit cup, you know, from the right. can huh? or, or pineapple. Huh? And uh, with with the almond um, vanilla like thing in it, and they didn't have that tonight. They they just had the um, the Jello part. It sounds so, like they had everything else. Yeah, and it was very interesting because, um, you know, the other part. Um, well, they had azuki. Uh, um, this thing called azuki. Oh, well. Japanese, it's a red bean uh -huh. with a little bit of mochi in it, that type of, and they call it a dessert, you know. Uh -huh. So I like that one better. Okay. Now I'm going to go into my um, inbox. Hold on. She's going to go to her inbox, and then, and then, and then she'll talk to you. Listen, okay, she's got, the, she's got her inbox, and she's got you up there. Okay, now I got the um, your email right in front of me, and I'm supposed to click on the HTTP, right? Correct. Okay, so I'll click on that. Okay, it's taking a little while here. Yep, that's fine. You know what the best part of that whole meal was? What? Oh, uh, you mean the part I like the best? No, I'm telling you what I would like to best. Oh, oh, okay. What? Carrot, the carrot cake. Oh, yeah. We had that. Uh, you know this uh, friend of ours? Huh? He's an excellent cook. Ah. He makes really good, you know, pastries. And one of his best is the carrot cake. He... He uh, shreds the carrot cake, you know, a great set, real fine. Yes. But you can see it in the cake. You can actually see the carrots. I think he puts pineapple or something. Okay, now wait. It says, speed up browsing by disabling add-ons. Choose add-ons. Ask me later. I guess that has nothing to do with that. Okay. Now what comes on is download. Right. And then it says Christmas shows to Jack Benny zip dot zip. Right. And Is if that correct? a little bit lower, you can see the word share in in a green box. Oh yeah. Okay. Huh? Just above that is a link that says click here for download. Click here to start download from. That's then space. That's the one you click. Okay. I click that one. 
Okay, it says download, play now. So we want to download, right? You clicked on the on the link just above the word share. I did. And and I, and I got two things. One says download in red, uh, and the other one says play now. I guess it would be download in red. Let me see. Okay. I have I have to go to my email and find out what I sent to you. <laughs> Together, I should have done this. I'm sorry. So now you have to keep talking because I have to go to email. Okay. And find out what I sent to. Let me the HTTP semicolon slash slash www.sendspace.com slash file slash ECM6. QX. Yeah, let's see what we got here. Hmm. This might be it. I've never done, I've never had this come up. The other time when I did it, I must have pressed the wrong place. Because something like this never came up. Mm -hmm. All right, quick date and launch. Wonderful story. Good grief. Don't go away. Okay. There is a link near the top of the page title. Click here to Check. download. Yep. Okay. Got it. It's coming up. Okay. Um, Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. And near near the bottom where it says share, just above that, it says click here to start download from SendSpace. Okay. It's, it's not the green box with download or the red box with play now. It's to the left of that. You see the, the word share in a little green box? Okay, let me go back again. Okay. Merry Christmas, Walden. <laughs> Well, hey, we're doing fine. It has um, sense space. There's a cat and create your free pet monster. And then below it says uh, Christmas shows to jackbenny.zip. And um, further down, uh, there's one called download, play now. And then in, the, in a blue box, it says click here to start download from sense space. That's, is that the site? If I click. That's the one you click. Okay, so I'm going to click that. It's above share, correct? Mm-hmm, that is correct. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay, now on the top it says download. There's a download in red and a play now. Those are the ones that you didn't want. Oh, you don't want those. You don't want those two. You just want to. You just want to use click here to start download, and that automatically starts your download. Now, um, you see across the top of the tippy top of your computer, you should have something like file, edit, view, history, bookmarks, tools, window, help. Do you see that across the tippy top? Uh huh. Click on file. Click file. No, click on window. Click on the windows. I'll have windows. 
Not, no, click on the, on the word window at the top of the page. You've got file, edit, view, history, bookmarks, tools, window. Do you see that across the top of your computer? Mm -mm. My, yeah, usually mine says, but it's not saying that. Ah, you may have to, um, sometimes you, you have to say show toolbar across the top. But you have to, okay. now it's, it's downloading to wherever you have your browser set for, and it's usually the desktop. So it'll, it'll take a little while to download. Probably, let me see here, Florida download. What do you want me to download? Um, already downloading. If you clicked on that, it's already downloading oh, automatically. Like Windows, yeah. I usually have Windows come up, but I don't see any Windows. No, it doesn't say Windows. It's it's one of... Do you, do you have something that says File and Edit at the tippy top? File and Edit. You have that? Yeah. Okay, now travel over to the right. Okay. Is the word Window edit. up there as well? Yes. File, edit, view. I'm back to the page that you sent me. Yeah, that, that's fine. File, edit, view. View, insert, uh -huh. format, tools, action, help. All right, well, let's click on action and see if that's what it does for you. Okay, but the, under action, there's new mail message, uh -huh. follow up, create rules. Uh, junk email, reply. <laughs> no, we're not. We're in the wrong place. Um, gee whiz. Uh, and you're on a Mac, right? You're on a PC or a Mac? I'm on PC. Um, ah, I think what you have you have on your desktop, you have My Document. My Document. Your desktop, Joe. Yeah, well, you're not on the new Macintosh? No, she, she, are you doing the, uh, Gail, are you on the... Well, I can go, I can go on the, um, wait, now, here we go. Fast can, I want that one. Let's cancel. Okay. Um, if you want me to, I can go on my Mac, my, my MacBook Pro. Do you want me to do that? Yeah. Because then the two of us will be working on the same system. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Ron, in the meantime. Ron, the collection of goodies that you sent but me in my last... Tell me about the collection. Go ahead. Yeah, your, the collection of goodies that you sent me in my last envelope. You can hang up, Gil. <laughs> While you get on your Mac. Go ahead. What now? <laughs> What you tell me about the collection? Yeah, what you sent me in my last envelope is just wonderful. Well, on Monday you're supposed to read some more. Are you serious? Yeah, I sent. I put it in the mail Thursday. Okay, well. Um, by Monday is the ponies if they're running on schedule, and if I gave them enough barley or whatever, they you should get it by Monday, and you you should like what. This next batch has all, all, so this is the one where we have the audition shows with our Miss Brooks and some other things um, on it. Uh-huh. And, um, and then we have, we have, um, um, whole set of, a whole, pretty much about 70 some odd Jerry at the Circus, and then we have, um, um, another detective show, um, 
The one that just Chandler started. Um, oh, Michael Shane, is it? Oh, uh, Michael Shane. Michael Shane. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, one I don't have very many of, and you said yeah, we got a whole bunch of them, and then uh, and then we got some. Yeah, we got some real interesting things that um, I'm sure. Oh, we got the command performance today. That uh, August 14th, the day that the Japanese surrendered, I guess, or something. Yeah. Was that the date? Yep. Um, yeah, it's an hour and 40 minute show. That's right. Good show. I'm sorry, but Norman Cohen wrote something on that mm -hmm. broadcast also. Yep. Okay, Patricia. Oh, okay, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> okay. Now I've got the thing. Okay. Okay. Now shall I try from here? She's on her mat now. I'm on a Mac now. Right. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going to press HTTP. The link that I sent to you? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making it wider so I can see the whole thing. Okay. It's wider so the wall can see the whole thing, too. <laughs> okay, now, in this one... It's, uh, I'm going to click the box, click here to start download, Correct. um, space, send space. That is it. Okay. Okay, then it says downloads. It's downloading in a zipper. It's downloading in a zip. Yeah. It, is that what it's supposed to do? That's what it's supposed to do. Oh, okay. How long does it take? Two minutes remaining. What does it mean when it says two minutes remaining? It, that's how long it's going to take to finish up the download. The whole 50 shows? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It's amazing what technology and everything does today. Oh, by the way, I got to, Walden. Yeah. You're going to like this. You know, uh, my friend set up an organ mm -hmm. uh, in a... In a in a Mormon church, okay? Right. And he said that it, it would work in any church as long as they got this organ. Let's say if you don't have an organist or the organ can, the organist is sick, they have the hymns programmed in the organ. So if the organist is sick, somebody can just punch in the hymn that they're going to, the congregation is going to sing, and the organ will play the introduction and, it's, and play all the verses or as many verses as, let's say if there's three verses, you'll play all three, or if you want only the first and second verse or whatever, it'll play two or one. It sounds like one of those um, automatic... Uh, yeah, and, uh, and it'll, wow. it has a stops already programmed in it, you know, like for, for the congregation to sing. Wow. So if you cannot see, you would think that a, a real organist <laughs> was up there because it comes out from the organ and the organ speaker. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Wow. Computer science, you know, has been able this they had an organist from uh, Provo, Utah, I guess. Mm -hmm. They all, all two hundred and some odd hymns and they they programmed it and it goes into the newer Rogers or Allen organs that the company makes. Wow. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's remarkable what, mm -hmm. what the computer science has done. And, like, for example, two minutes to download a CD, I mean, um, 50, uh, 
programs of joy. I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> okay, now it got downloaded. Okay. Okay, so now, um, in order to put it on a disc, I, all I have to do is put it, how, how do I do that? You, you have to click on the file that downloaded. It should have something that looks like a little zipper on it. A little zipper on it. Okay, do I close the downloads that just got downloaded? You can do that, sure. I'm going to close the download. Okay, then, um, then I can close this, the mail that you sent me. Did you put stamps? Put what? Put stamp on the zipper? I, at least I think the zipper should be zipped up. <laughs> we have to unzip it. <laughs> okay, now i got to go to my downloads. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then it says Christmas shows Jack to Jack ba Benny. Right. And I click on that. Click on that. And in a minute, a folder will appear. And it's full of the shows. How many times am I supposed to click? Double click? One. Once? Yeah. You only click once, not double, right? Once. Twice. Just one scoop. Click, click twice. Okay. I gotta, I'm going to get one scoop out of my email. Okay, must be I have to click twice. Do I click on the folder or do I click on the name? Does it matter? Oh, you've got a folder? It doesn't have a zip on it? It, it's actually a folder? Yeah. Double-click on the folder and see what's in it. Oh, yeah, okay. The folder has Jack Benny Christmas Holiday. And that's oh. inside the folder? Yeah. So you need to... In the folder. You need to click on what's in the folder then, right? Uh-huh. So double-click on that. Click on the Jack Benny folder? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it got lots of tunes in it. Okay, now how do I download it? You've got them. They're on I don't know how to put on a CD now. They're at, do you know how to make a CD, Gail? Um, Not on, I didn't on learn an yet. Apple. I, I think she knows how to do it on a Mac. I mean, on a PC. Okay. Um, you know where to put in a blank CD? Oh, yeah, she knows where. You know where to put a blank CD, right, Gail? Right. Okay, put in the blank CD. Yeah. Let me get a blank. I'll I got it. Oh. Does it matter which one I use? I got the oh, CDR minus R80. Uh-uh. Hi, Walden. Merry Christmas. You bet, Ron. What have you got, Gail, already for Christmas? Have you done your, are you finished with your got shopping? Got a 50 Jack Benny radio show. Yeah, oh, that's what you're giving her? That's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, I <laughs> only have 100 in there. Shopping days left. And then, okay, um, let me see. Now what do I do? Okay, your is, is that it? Well, we're, we're getting there. Um, you're, here, here. you've got, it, it says, you insert a blank CD, choose an action from the pop-up menu, or click ignore. Click action. Open finder. Click ignore. Put ignore. Hmm? Ignore. And now when you look at the desktop, you should see an icon of a little CD there. Icon of a CD. Where is it? <laughs> um, where's the icon of a CD? 
Hmm. Is it supposed to be on a desktop? It should be on the desktop, yeah. System preference, time machine, movies, photo, iTunes, preview. Um, no, those are, those are your programs on the bottom. When you look at your desktop, at the screen, when you look at the screen, you should see a, a picture of a little disk. When you look at the screen. I look at the screen. No, maybe I didn't put it right. Um, well, you put it right. Wait. You did because you had the. Should I, should I close this um, the Christmas show right sure. now? Close that, and you'll probably expose the little icon. Oh, no, I don't see that icon. Maybe I didn't put it in right. Let me try eject again. Well, if you've, if you've. If you had the message ignore and you clicked ignore, it's on your desktop somewhere. It is. Um, you know what we can do, Gail? Oh. How about um, tomorrow or Monday, you and I get on the phone together and we can do this over the phone? I'll send you my number. Okay. That's a good idea. Happy, okay? That's a good idea. Uh, I think you, you don't see, Gil, you don't see the icon on the phone, right? Nope. <laughs> I don't oh, know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why don't you do that? Send your number sure. on, your, on, on your email and maybe Monday, Monday we'll do it or whatever. Sounds good. And then we can do all the time we want on it. Yeah. We don't want to tie Walden up and you up. And, uh -huh. But okay. I, I think though, some people who are listening. Okay, let's say if she does see the icon, hmm? Patricia, uh, just in case, let's say tomorrow she fools around and she sees the icon, what does she do? You go to the Jack Benny folder, highlight the whole thing. And then? Do you know how to highlight? Do we know? Um, I'm trying again. It says you inserted a blank CD. Choose an action from the pop-up menu or click ignore. Click ignore. And then you told me to click ignore. And let's say if you, uh, you if you look okay. if you see the icon on the top, well, what do you what do you want her to do? What I want her to do is open the Jack Benny folder. Open it down, right down to open the Jack Benny folder. With all the shows in it. All this with all the shows in. Uh huh. And then and I want you to hold down the control key, not the control key. I want you to hold down the key that has the little apple on it. Hold it down and press the letter A. Okay. After she does that. Then you put your cursor on. the one that has the apple on it. The one that has. Oh, I know. It's supposed to be the command, right? That's it. The command button. Okay. Hold down. Hold the command button down and press the key A. Write it down with your face. Okay, and then? Everything should light up in that folder. Oh, and it's going to record. Then it, it, does it set the recording mode? It should be, no, it should be highlighted. Okay, should be highlighted, and then? Did it highlight for you? I don't know. She's going to write it down. She's writing it down. We need to do this on Monday. We'll okay. do this on Monday, and, I, and we can walk through all of the keys, okay? Okay. Why don't you leave your number on the phone, and, I mean, on my email, 
And then you call, we'll call each other. One of us will call each other. That sounds good. Okay. And we can... Well, don't hang up. Uh, Gail, you can hang up. Okay. <laughs> Poor Gail. Thank you for going through all of this with me, Gail. She loves you. Oh. Love you, too. But I just want to let you know that, uh, yeah, you, you can look forward to some exciting uh, things coming on Monday if you check your... If, you check your pony mail and stuff like that. Pony mail. I have some goodies for you that I will send, and I hope one of them that I pulled, I, I may have sent it already, and if I do, um, you know, it just you'll have something extra to share with other people. But I think you'll have fun with them. Um, so, Walden, what else is new? What's on tap for tomorrow? Uh, top of the show, well, have a couple of reporters, one from CBS, one from NBC, talk about D-Day. And then we will continue uh, looking back at August 10th and through the weekday. So we'll continue the news and uh, we'll play like the quiz show Double or Nothing when they thought the war ended and they had to correct themselves five minutes later. Uh, we'll, 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 we will have fun for Superman and Tom X and, and the Whistler. Yeah. Double or nothing. Yeah. So that's, yeah. It's a good game. So. Yep. That's a real good game. Yep. So. It's a good game. So we'll have we'll have a lot of good fun tomorrow. Well, you know, uh, before I hang up, I didn't mean to tie you guys up this. No, time. I'm glad you did. But I just want to let you know, Patricia, you know Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. Has a very special place in my heart, my life, because my first music teacher was such a fan of Jack Benny's. And every time I listen to a Jack Benny show, it reminds me of my music teacher. He would invite us to his home, some of his piano students to his home, to have dinner. But, be <clears throat> but before we ate, or while we were eating, we have to be very quiet because we need to listen to a Jack Benny show. Oh, what's fun! And, and every time I hear a Jack Benny show, it reminds me of him. And also after dinner, after Jack Benny show was over, he'd get his harp. He was a harpist for the Honolulu Symphony. Oh. He's a harp for us, you know. Wow. And then he would let us play some two-hand piano, four-hand piano. Oh, Patricia? Yes. I got it. All right. Oh. You've got of the files highlighted? It's burning right now. It's burning. And you feel the heat? You you dragged all of the shows over to the CD? Uh-huh. It's burning all the shows in the CD. Okay, now they had to be copied. They couldn't you couldn't just drag them. You had to hold down your option key and drag them. Um well, I don't know. It's burning right now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that they're going to play for you, but we we can go over all of the the fun little goodies on Monday. Well, by right, she's supposed to do what now? She's supposed to hold. Wait, in case we'll, we'll put another seat. What what is she supposed to have done? Hold down the option key and then drag all of the shows. Understand that, Gail. Hold the what key? Option. Option key, Gail. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that one, you have to hold it down. Right. 
the CD. Oh, and I can simply just drag it. That's a fast way of doing it. Uh-huh. Instead of letting it burn. You, actually, you, you could have just dragged the entire folder over and put that on the CD. We'll go over this on Monday. Okay. Okay. But she'll try it by herself. And, but leave your number or you know, you know, whatever. Sure. Email. We'll send a number to you, and we'll connect on Monday. You have my number. I left you my number, right? You did. I, I have it on a list. Okay, good. Then don't, don't, because as long as I pay my phone bill, my number will always be the same. Ah. <laughs> and because I changed services, I don't know if I can call Hawaii. Oh, no, leave it. I'll call you. Hey, listen, I can call anywhere. I can call Canada. I can call anywhere uh, for free. Um, also, um, and, and here, go back to Jack Betty. Mm -hmm. um, he, he would play the harp, you know, for us, and then we'd play some piano duets, you know, that he taught us, and then when I was having a piano lesson, he had a massive stroke. Oh, no. Oh, Ron, what an awful thing to happen to both of you. He just collapsed. He just toppled over. It was a very, well, I tried to describe it scary, and it was very uncomfortable. And then um, he died, but he was a great, he was a gentleman. Oh. Uh, he not only was a gentleman, but a gentleman. He was such and I know the difference. Yeah. And anyway, Jack Benny was his favorite, and he just loved Jack Benny. He thought Jack Benny was the funniest, the greatest comedian. And um, I think it was said, Walden, that when he was Jack Benny, he kept up with the times, did he, on radio? I think so. Uh-huh. He was. He was a vaudeville person. When radio came about, he kept up with radio. Right, right. You know? That's how come his radio shows was successful, mm -hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. And then he made the transition to television. That's right, because he wasn't ready to retire. Mm -hmm. So he made the transition, and it got, as he progressed, the television shows got better. And it was said that some of these other comedians just didn't know how to move forward with radio. Mm -hmm. That's like Chuck Bingham. As good as Fred Allen was, um, I don't think the transition for Fred Allen was, I think it was kind of difficult. But, uh, although he was very good, but Jack Benny just was a master, you know, a craftsman of radio, I thought. At excellent timing. Yeah, excellent timing. It was, well, anyway, so nice to talk to you guys, and, and I'm glad that we're able to. Oh, by the way, have you guys heard any more of the... Um, hurricane situation in New York. I've got, it, I've got it on in the background here. It's still moving at um, very slow speed, which means extra rain everywhere, and it's approaching New York City right now. Not there yet. Yeah, it's not there yet because it's only moving at about 16 miles an hour. Well, yeah, I was, I was listening to it all day today. Yeah, it, it I went to my dinner, and they said, yeah, um, it's it's category one, but it's a widespread. Hurricane. Enormous. It's it's just huge and absolutely huge. When yesterday, when it started moving up the coast, the weather person, the meteorologist I was listening to, said, "You really can't get a grasp on this until I give you something to compare it to." The square miles of this storm is is bigger than the entire.
entire continent of Europe. Oh my gosh. That's big. That's big. That is really big. Yeah. Um, and, and they say that um, the rain is the rain is horrendous, right? It's horrendous because the storm is moving so slowly. It brings in rain and it just sits there. And of course, it's so big that it takes that much longer to get out of an area. But they're really concerned about the New York area because there are so many waterways there. And when the storm comes in and the storm surge comes in and then the waves on top of it, it creates such a pressure on the coast that it forces this water up the rivers and up the waterways and into the bays. And they, they, are, they just shoot over the top. It's like squirting through a hose, and you put your finger over the the end of the hose and make it make the stream just so tight that it's got such pressure on it. That's what happens in the rivers. Interesting. It's really scary for New York. They're going to get clobbered. It is really scary, and, and we just you know pray that the damage will be. They're they're going to damage will be pretty horrendous. And, and all that kind of stuff. We just kind of pray that it's not going to be as bad as, you know, what yeah. Well, we, we just have to sit and watch. Ralph in, watch in um, California has family and friends in New York, and a couple of them didn't move. They didn't evacuate, and they're, they they're in the coastal areas. Really One last comment, and then I'm, I'm going to let you guys go. I, I was at the party, and around a little after 10 o'clock, I said, I gotta go. I have some very important appointments that I have. I have to talk to some. They thought I was nuts. I, I got some things I Oh, you are so sweet. I, I, I have some people I gotta talk to. They said, What kind of people do I talk to this time? I said, Well, I got some friends I gotta talk to. <laughs> I think they thought I was a party people. But, but, <laughs> uh, but the, the music was over because, you know. Boy, after 10 o'clock, you really can't make too much noise, you know, with amplifiers, with microphones and stuff. So, I, I didn't, I wasn't rude. <laughs> I, 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 I paid for the birthday boy. I, he was a singer. I made sure he sang the farewell song before I left and stuff. So, I, I did what he wanted me to do. So. I had carrot cake without us. I know. And then, and then I said, I have to make some, I have to. Talk to some very important friends. <laughs> Just gotta go. And they all wish me goodbye, and I'm off being blessed. Oh, you're so good to us, Ron. Oh, you guys are good to us. So are, are you gonna call Milton? Is he gonna be okay? Milton is keeping track. Milton okay. is probably still up, and he didn't have to evacuate, but his other friend had to. Mm. Um, but um, his other friend in uh, Rockland mm -hmm. area had to evacuate. But Milton is okay. I'm sure he's well protected, and so he'll be fine. Okay. And I'll let him know that you sent his your love you and everything else. And we'll talk to you Monday, Patricia. Okay. You be good. And you, well, I'll make an effort. <laughs> <laughs> and to the two of you, aloha. Aloha. Aloha, Gail. They hung up on me. Oh, well. That's okay. 714-545-2071. We're here. Were, were you not ready to hang up? Well, I thought Gail was going to say goodbye, and, they, she and Ron disconnected. Uh, <laughs> it was in control.
cool, I guess. <laughs> Too much fun. Okay, well, I need to hear from Nolan because I have a question for him. Hi, um, or it's oh. to Nolan. Earth to Nolan, this is your wake-up call. Please. This is your wake-up call. This is your wake-up call. Please call 714-545-2071. The lady of the house needs to get here from Nolan Kenner. Nolan Kenner. Paging Nolan Kenner. <laughs> call for Nolan Kenner. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, very good, that Patricia. Was, okay, now here's some really important stuff for you guys. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Oak trees are struck by lightning more often than any other tree. Next line. 80% of all people hit by lightning are men. Do not stand under an oak tree, Walden. I, well, I did, my dad brother did get hit by lightning. Your dad's brother? Brother, yeah. He was, he was driving the, in a bus and the lightning came after him. So, physically, with his body? Yeah. And he was inside a bus? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Well, there must have been an open window. Yeah, but still. It happened. With his feet on the floor, it should have been okay. Well, he got hit. Shouldn't have come in the window either. Yeah, that's oh. probably true. Boy, that's scary. Now, my Uncle Herbert's an amazing guy. He, uh, at Yellowstone National Park, a bear came uh, into the camping site, and my uncle was six foot four, carried two seventy with no problem. Took a took a stick and chased the bear. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I don't care how big you are, the bear would have won. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and it's true. It's true. The bear would have won. Uh-huh. He's got big teeth. They can bite through cars. But Uncle Hope chased it away. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, I guess six foot four with a stick. That that would that would have made me run. <laughs> <laughs> I am Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you are Boo Boo Bill. You would have run too. I know. Okay. All right. Now I didn't know. Oh, maybe that's Nolan. You think it is? I hope. Hello there. Hello there. Hey, hey. Hey. I got my page. I was, do you need to know what a pinhooker is? is that why are you calling me? Well, no, but do you know what a pinhooker is? I think so. What is it? Uh, is that a person that goes in an auction and runs up the bed and the two work together and uh, shut the rest of the people out somehow? That ain't very close? No. Um, a pinhooker is a person who goes in and gleans from farmland the leftover items that are in the field after the, the picking has already been done. Okay, I see. Yeah. And they usually wind up with very ripe items that would not hold for shipping. They, they couldn't go through the packing house and survive the days in shipping. They have to be eaten very soon. So, I see. I, you know what? I saw the signs in the tobacco warehouses in Kentucky that said no pen hooking. And uh, I, I assumed uh, somebody to give me some wrong information, but I'm glad you straightened me out on that. They, but it would reply to a warehouse situation because if he w- went by and picked up the leavings from those big bales of tobacco, you could have quite a 
brought tobacco after you went through a, a large warehouse. That's, ex- That's how that applied, right. would you say? That's exactly right. They would they would pluck items from the line. Uh-huh. In in farm country, we've, we're in farm country, farm and cattle country down here, and in the farm country, the it's usually the farm workers who, after all the picking is done, will go back in the field because they've been told if it, if a tomato is is ripe, don't pick it. They have to pick them green for packing. And they'll go in uh, with things like cantaloupe and watermelons. If the melons are too ripe and they're ready to be eaten, they won't survive long enough in the shipping process. So those things are left in the field. And after all the picking is done and all the harvesting is done, then the pin hookers go back into the field and they take the ripe items that were not suitable for packing, and they usually load them up in the back of a pickup truck, and they'll go around in different neighborhoods where they're set up on the side of the road. Have you seen pickup trucks sitting on the side of the road with things like watermelon and cantaloupe and peppers and those kinds of things? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. And that, that's where Sorry. vegetables came from, the pin hookers. So it's not a, a, a derogatory kind of thing. It's no. The owners no. probably allow it. It was like a disease. It's not in the field. But that's right in the field if they didn't feel it. And I have no idea where the term came from. But that's I don't either. There is. I was afraid to go there too far. It sounds like the Lady of the Night or something. Yeah, yes. See, you you and I were on the same wavelength here. It just didn't <laughs> sound like a healthy thing, you know. I don't care how you cut it, but that's what a pinhooker is. Okay. So we we have had our education for tonight. We'll have a test next week, and you'll be expected to pass the test. Now, surely you weren't. Uh, paging me to talk about that, were you? No, I was not. You were the one who brought up Pinhooker. My question is, I will occasionally, actually more frequently now because there's such garbage on television, I will have the television on in the background with the sound off. If you look at a commercial, a 15-second commercial, almost to a one, you will have 15 different images in 15 seconds. I, I'm looking at a dog food. They flashed from the dog jumping into the pool to the dog jumping into the running into the kitchen to the dog putting his face in a bowl to the dog sitting next to a, a, a bag of the dog food. You will have 15 different images by the end of the 15 seconds. Is that an industry standard, and where did it come from? Gosh, I don't know. It, it's um, packing as much information in a short period of time as possible, right. which has always been the case. But right. Technically, you couldn't have done that uh, unless it it's, was it's enough to give, years ago. It's enough to give somebody a seizure. But <laughs> when I have the sound on, it all looks correct. Uh-huh. I hadn't thought of that. I, I was complaining about the number of commercials that run now in a, in a break. on <laughs> The mid-break on 60 Minutes the other night, I started counting 30-second spots. When I got up to 14, I quit. It's unbelievable. I know. Well, no, you can go to another station and get... Well, you, you got time to wash your car. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can get four or five minutes of another program before you hop back and put in on the tail end of the commercials. It's just ludicrous. What I am noticing now on radio, they seem to be doing 15-second commercials out here now. They're doing 15-second on TV, too. Hmm. But I just, you know, it really, I, I would never have noticed it on... Unless, I, because I, except that I turned the sound off. Uh-huh. And then there was nothing but the visual to look at. 
It had no sound, no voice, no message, no nothing to go with it. And the images are just bam, 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 bam. Amazing. I sound like I'm... When you see a trailer for a movie, it's the worst. Well, yes. I sound like I'm biting the hand that fed me, but I can't. I have a low tolerance for commercials. And I, I uh, maybe because of the years of uh, writing them, reading them, selling them, you know, doing every... At one time or another, doing every phase of, mm -hmm. of the advertising business. But I, uh, I seldom watch anything live anymore. Yeah. Oh, what? No, let me ask you this: is, What is the best way to do a commercial? Is it the 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 personal endorsement? That isn't that generally the most tasteful way of doing it. Well, there there are all kinds. Of course, that's one. That's one that's used. Uh, yeah. Frequently, uh, the matter of getting the sponsor's name in there at least three times in a 30-second spot. And, mm -hmm. uh, if he's, don't put a phone number in there because that's seven words, and if they don't have a slick phone number like 788-8888, don't try to put a phone number in there because mm -hmm. it won't be remembered. Um, and try to keep, uh, of course, you have to restrict the number of words. 30-second commercial uh, would normally be about, well, a 60-second commercial would be 30 words, 31 or two words. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, to answer your question, I, I don't know a set of hard rules that... Well, I guess we're trying to figure out what would be the best... I think the thing got me here now, with, I'm hearing 15 seconds radio commercials. That's not a lot of time to get your message over. It's not, but it, it probably, what you're hearing is they're selling two 15-second spots in that break for more money than they would mm -hmm. get for 130. Sure. Also, I'm when, yeah, also I'm thinking the ones who are doing a big well-named company, so it's just reminding I'm here. Uh -huh. It's not like introducing a new product or anything. It's an institutional kind of. Uh-huh. One of the things that disturbs me a lot in television advertising, and again, I'm going to visuals, is that they will go through an entire commercial before they flash a number, to, a telephone number to call. And it's always in the last couple of seconds. It, you never have enough time to go grab a pencil before it goes away. And my thinking is that it should be superimposed for a good portion of the commercial, or at least flashed more than one time. I mean, you don't have to interrupt a commercial to superimpose a telephone number. Right. Why don't they do that? I don't know. I, I think, um, again, unless it's 1-800-CARPET or... You know, something like that. It, it, it is not remembered. It is. Subliminally. It, it's wasted on me because I have trouble if I write it down, you know. Yeah. And, but because it's not remembered makes me even more emphatic in my thought that it should be on the screen for the either the duration of the commercial or as soon as they say you can call... Well, they probably have other graphics on the. They're doing the commercial that would it would be cluttered. If they're putting prices up there and the telephone number at the same time. I don't know. You know, they always put it at the bottom of the page anyway, or at the bottom of the screen. I don't know. I, I just I think they're slitting their throats by going through all of the machinations of putting together a commercial and putting it on paying for the. This this is just extraordinarily expensive time and then not give people the opportunity to call. I'm not going to remember the number at the end while I'm squirreling around for a piece of paper. 
I'll have to, in defense of my knowledge of this business, I'll have to say that I spent two, two years in television, and that was in the talent side. That's in quotes. Uh, and another 23 or 24 years in radio. So I don't know that much about television. Yeah, no, and this is just personal. This is personal. So the next time you're watching television, I want you to look at it, and when they flash the telephone number at the end, see how much you remember. Okay, but as I said before, when I see that phone number, I let up on the fast-forward button. <laughs> no, I'm asking you to stay with the commercial, count the numbers of images and how fast they go by, and whether or not, if you really liked, the, pretend that you really like this product, whether or not they give you enough information during the commercial to contact them or find this particular product. Is the only way you can get it is by mail order, is that? Yeah. Yeah, either mail order or call now, our operators are standing by type stuff. I see, but there's no local store you can go to. No, not not with these commercials. They'll, they'll say something like, not available in your stores, only through this offer. Right, right. I, I would say it's almost got to be dire that they have to have a website. That way people who say, I can't remember that number, maybe it's on the huh? web somewhere. Right, and a lot of them do have websites. Yeah. Uh, um, and they'll, they'll say the website at the end. I, I swear that information should be up there during the entire commercial. I get so confused about all the telephone books they mail out now. I just throw them away. I don't which book I should go to to find the number for that. You know, I, had, I can't remember the last time I used a telephone book. Me either. I, I put them in the, in the recycling bin. The yellow book I put in the recycling bin. There are some people who just love the yellow book. But I go to the Internet. Me too, yeah. I look up businesses on the internet. Not only do I get their telephone number, but I get their address and directions. I'll tell you, when I call the opera, they don't seem to be up to date anymore. With current phone numbers and things. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I don't know how to look it up either. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, Nolan, how did you make out in the storm? Did you get clipped by any of it? We didn't get a raindrop. Wow. A single raindrop. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we we would have welcomed a little rain, but uh, it was uh, it stayed about 250 miles out, uh -huh. and we're as I said before, about 20 miles from the coast. Uh -huh. So a little difference out there makes a big difference. Yeah, but you didn't get caught in any of the rain bands. They didn't give you a gift on the way out. Right. Yeah, they started in I think didn't it, around Jacksonville or south of the south of there. Uh -huh. I believe is where it went. Where it was effective. Uh, yeah. Noticeable, I should say. Yeah. Where are you in relation to Orlando? We're 45 miles north. North, okay. We're right in the center of the state. It really is a... So you're, you're almost directly north of Orlando then? Yeah, yes. Uh, we're within an hour and a hour and a half of all the attractions, uh -huh. which uh, is nice when people come see us. Uh, how are your munchkins this week? I'm sorry, how's what? How are your munchkins? Oh, they're great. They were here today. We had, had them in full force. Gosh. Had a great time. My, my daughter was in from Cincinnati, and uh, when she when they were getting ready to leave, she had bought each child, each, the twins, a, a recorder. You know, they, like a, I call it a flute or a musical instrument. Uh-huh. And my son said, <laughs> her brother said, I don't know how I'm going to get back at you. But I will somehow because they played those things in the car all the way home. Uh -huh. Oh, gee, that's as bad as a set of drums for Christmas. 
That's right, that'll be next. And <laughs> she knew exactly what she was doing. They're always playing, playing jokes on each other. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's funny. Rivalry. That's funny. And your daughter is not married and she doesn't have any kids, so. That's right. Your son has to do some real thinking to come up with a good one for her. That's true, that's for sure. That's funny. That's funny. Do you remember Teeny's father's name in Fibber McGee? Uh, let's see, whose father? Teeny, the little girl. Oh, golly, no, I, I don't. I'm just, I do well to know that that's uh, Bobby that's doing the voice. Do you know... What, what is the catchphrase she uses most often? Oh, well, she, she would say, oh dear. And, gee, I don't know. I bet you. I bet you. Well, bet I know it. Is there, am I right? Oh, yeah. oh, Teeny. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Molly. Um, Teeny would say, I know it. I think that was her, her signature expression. What would it be? Yeah, because she would get Fibber all flustered, and, and he'd wind up saying, What? You're, you're, you're a cousin, your baby brother. And she'd say, I know it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I bet you didn't think about that. I mm -hmm. bet you. I bet you. <laughs> That's right. I bet, That's you. Right. I bet you. Yeah. You're right. She, she used that one an awful lot. The one that sticks with me is, I know it. Patricia's still working on it. I asked her what Molly's maiden name is, and she's yeah, still working I'm on that. Struggling here. I am just struggling. And it's My favorite, I'm sorry. My favorite, uh, Molly's is name. Heavenly Days. Heavenly Days, yeah. Heavenly Days. Heavenly Days. And they, they, that was the name of their book, was it not? That's right. That was the title of the book. Yeah. The movie. Yep. And the movie. And the, and the radio production. Mm-hmm. Do you have a radio production of the special shows with Fibber, McGee, and Molly? Uh, a, a radio production? Well, the radio shows, the, the special shows like Heavenly Days and The Whole Town is Talking. Do you have oh. them? No, I don't uh, have that particular one. I have, uh, I think everything was written about Republic Pictures, and I have a lot of Laurel and Hardy books. Um, well, these are the radio shows. They did radio shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I have that, um, oh, the, the, what's the, the Bible for looking up old radio shows? On the air. John Dunning on the air. Uh, yes, yeah. I have that one. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it's odd. I never really thought about it, but I don't have that much on, on radio. It's, the other's more of a hobby, I guess. And uh -huh. I've got uh, those books to read up on him and Laurel and Hardy always fascinated me because Oliver Hardy was born in Georgia, and so was I. And uh, oh, that! I didn't know he was born in Georgia. Yeah, in uh, Harlem, Georgia. Hmm. And there's a, finally, they, within the last few years, they did put up a plaque or a statue. Finally, got around to it. I guess it, some. That's a little pressure maybe from the fans somewhere along the line. Boy, I hope so. They've still got fans. They're still developing. Oh, yeah. A cult and cultivating new audience. Well, I, I'll give guess how many fans they have in the Laurel Hardy fan club worldwide. I, I wouldn't have a clue. Not a clue. Me either. I, I know it must be a bunch. 
Alright, sit down, everybody. 300,000. Good grief. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I'm amazed. Well, they've got a universal language, even if you don't speak English. Have well, a good time with those well, movies. Well, they have, they have all these different societies named after their movies so that go watch the films on a pretty regular basis. They're called tents, aren't Yeah, they? yeah. 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 Um, Every time I've had an opportunity to do this, in fact, years ago we were here and some Russian exchange students were visiting and we had some reason to have them in our home. And, and I brought the pictures out and I said, do you know who this is? And they looked and they both lit up, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I did it with a German uh, a person. When I was in Germany, I, I got the picture and showed it to someone that barely spoke English, and, and uh, she said, oh, dick and doof. Wow. Thick and thin. <laughs> so they're, they're just they're worldwide. Universal language, comedy, and, you know, they, they weren't, in my mind anyway, um, the Three Stooges were slapstick, right. unquestionable slapstick. I don't think Laurel and Hardy were slapstick. They relied on a lot of exaggerated physical movements, but I don't think they were slapstick. What do you think? I agree. You never see Stanley hitting Oliver Hardy in the face with a paintbrush over and over and over again. Yeah. Like the Stooges would. Yeah. Or those fights. Theirs was, was uh, I thought, subtle, and it was the kind of thing that could happen to anybody mm -hmm. with a little help from somebody that's not too bright. And he doesn't intend to hurt the other person. Right. And Just, uh, they were an unlikely pair with Ollie trying to be the the really smart one and winding up sitting in the pail of water. <laughs> That's right. And Another fine mess you've got me into. Poor Stan being adult and knowing that he was just going to get swat for what he had done and he'd do his, I don't know, I don't go to <laughs> Cry and cry. Yeah, yeah. And they just seemed like an unlikely pair, which made them that much better. Oh yeah, uh, the uh, the extreme difference. Uh -huh. if, if you listen, next time you see a Laurel and Hardy movie, listen to Oliver Hardy's accent, and you'll hear the Southern come out. The, uh, now I have picked up that accent, but it sounded, in some words, like New York. Well, in some cases, there there are words that are. Uh, New Yorkers do have a tendency in one area. You don't because you speak very precise English and grammar. And, but I, um, the R's are softer sometimes. Uh huh. And uh, that I'm hearing, uh, and um, there are are times when I've said I thought the same thing. Yeah, I, I wish I could think of some words. Uh, even the word words might come out closer to words. Woods, yes, uh huh. And you know who did that as well? And I find it very distracting, and he was known for his voice and his speech, is Milton Cross from Information Please, being one of the announcers from Information Please. And he did recordings, he did special. Walton, did he do children's books as well? I don't know. I really don't know, but I would not be surprised with that voice. Yeah. It, it, it would make sense. He was one of the most respected mm -hmm. announcers mm -hmm. and voices in radio. 
and he's got these words that he comes out with, and it's it's almost like Frank Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. He went through a crash course in how to speak properly, <laughs> <laughs> and he missed a few words, or they're they're kind of sloughed over a little bit. How to how to speak good? Yeah, how to how to yeah how to talk good. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you, you, how you doing? You got to do these things, you know? One of the, um, uh, um, grasping for his name, uh, does the wine commercials on suspense, and he was the host on science fiction theater on television, uh, Truman Bradley. Yes. If you'll listen to some early suspense episodes, he puts an extra syllable in the word California. Uh-huh. He says California. Uh-huh. Ah! Because he wants to pronounce Roma wine. Yeah, that's the, it. The, the warm burgundy taste of warmer wine from California. Yeah, you really. California. Uh huh. California. Yeah. Clifton Fadiman pronounced Miami, Miami. <laughs> I've heard it every other way. There were a couple of other words. Now, in in the years of information, please, if you were from the north. It was very unusual to have spent time in Miami. That was a major, major trip for rich people. We're spending Christmas in Miami. Took them a week to get there. It took them a week to get there. Or <laughs> you went by train, and it took at least three days by train. And so I wondered if people just really never knew how to pronounce it properly, but that's what he called it. If you listen to information, please, he'll talk about, well, this this question is from Mrs. Mary Jones in Miami. I've also heard Miami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another way. That's, that's northeast. It's, it's so interesting that we all speak the same language, we all understand each other, and we make immigrants and visitors from other countries absolutely crazy because they have no idea what we're talking about. One of my favorites is people who say Nevada. It's almost like that's a different part of town or the state. How do you say it? Maybe you say Nevada. You know, it's not Nevada. You're kidding. Uh, absolutely. I've said Nevada for my whole life. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that, but my my brother and sister-in-law live in Colorado, and they lived in a community called Arvada. Uh-huh. My tendency, because I've always said Nevada, my tendency was to say Arvada, and they would say, no, 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 it's Arvada, it's Arvada, and that's the way they pronounce the town, but I did not know about Nevada. Not Nevada. <laughs> now I'm going to be tripping over the state forevermore. Yeah, yeah. You're always safe if you say it the way the natives do, if you do it any other way. They're like uh, uh, Kissimmee over here occasionally. Like, oh, yeah, Kissimmee. <laughs> Mouser will have it reading it somewhere up north, and it's Kissimmee. Kissimmee, sure. <laughs> and it's fun. You know exactly where people are not from when they, <laughs> when they start reading road signs here. And the, the Miccosukee Indians is another word that goes through the meat grinder. Hmm. I, I did some narration for the uh, state parks here, and, I, and those Indian names, my brother was associated with the park system, and he, uh-huh. got me, he got me the gig, so to speak. But I was doing it in Kentucky and mailing the, the tapes or CDs back down huh? here. But I, 
would hit, hit one of those, and I'd say, you're going to have to help me with this one. I have to spell it phonetically or something. Uh-huh. You surely don't want to mispronounce something in a state park, for Pete's sake. And mispronounce it. The guy that you go up and push the button and talks to you. Like Jellystone Park. Yeah. <laughs> and Boo Boo Bear. The Boo Boo Bear. There's that guy again. That's funny. That's funny. But you're right. Some of the names here are just, I mean, Immokalee is another one. Are, are you familiar with Immokalee? Yes. It's one of our farm areas, and the, the different pronunciations are remarkable. Chakalaski, it took me forever to be able to pronounce Chakalaski. Oklawaha River? Uh-huh, that one too. Uh, there are many oh. ways to pronounce that if you don't know how to. You put the emphasis on the incorrect syllable, and it, it just changes the whole thing. Like Kissimmee. And having having Kissimmee, Walden. It's spelled. It begins with the letters K I S S. Kiss. Uh huh. So the tendency is to for people to call it Kissimmee. Hmm. And it's it's an Indian word. Oh and yeah, I've heard of it. This is supposed to be on the middle syllable, and it's it's actually pronounced Kissimmee. Oh. So that's that's what Nolan and I are are talking about about uh, the different pronunciations. Well, I know. Uh. Get a muck. Macaulay. That's the one we get here. Immacoli, and it's Immacoli. Sure. Right, for here, my mom, my mom and dad first went to San Diego. My mom saw the sign, and there's a famous city called La Jolla, California. Uh -huh. Well, she thought it was La Jala. La Jala. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, I have to tell you, I thought the same thing. <laughs> when, when I would read the, the name, the tendency is, is to say Ojala. Oh, yeah. And Baja. Baja, yeah. Baja, different ways. My, as I've told you before, Sally was a flight attendant for about seven or eight years. Right. And she's the biggest groaner that she ever heard one of the pilots get on the PA, and they do little announcements, and sometimes they try to be humorous. And they were flying into Miami, and the pilot captain came on the intercom and said, Welcome to Miami. We hope you'll make it your Miami, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah. I won a bottle of wine on a plane one time. You did what? I won a bottle of wine. Oh, really? Yeah. How about that? Very good. It was a particularly, I would have won two, except I changed my answer. But it, it was a particularly playful flight. And it was a long one. It was nonstop for, gosh, it must have been four hours. Mm -hmm. And so the, the captain started this game. He said, okay, I've got a couple of questions, and you write down your answers and give them to the flight attendants. And the person who either has the correct answer or is closest to the correct answer will win a prize. And it was really neat. Uh, it, it passed a whole lot of time, and I, I guessed the approximate weight of the plane as it was flying. So that meant the, the cargo bay was full, and it had, I counted up the number of passengers, <laughs> flight crew, and average weight. I mean, I really did a, a good job here. And I was came up... Answer, I'm sorry, the answer was zero because it was weightless. Yeah, because it was weightless, right, because it was flying. Right. I came up with 124,500 pounds. 
and the actual weight was 125,000 pounds. I'll be done. Wow, Patricia! I mean, that was, it took a lot of calculation. I, I counted up all of the people and came up with an average weight mm -hmm. and how much my suitcase weighed <laughs> and how much their suitcases probably weighed. And so I, I went home with a bottle of wine. You must have looked like Walden there for a while. What? Thinking, thinking, thinking. Thinking, 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 thinking. yes. Thinking. Yes. Adding and thinking. Well, I'll tell you, the most fun I have it, uh, the, when, you know, the stewardess, they always got to read these announcements. Or ours, the group, they got the group of stewardess together, and they get, they get singing jingles and rhymes. Oh, how much fun is Yeah. Yeah, that, that book. And, in fact, when they did it, the audience gave them a round of applause. It was a nice way to, to uh, break up the monotony of the, every time you hear the whole routine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw a piece on TV about a guy that did it in rap style. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And he, he got applause, too. Oh, but that, yeah. that would get your attention, and people listen. The yeah. tendency is to just zone out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is boring, boring both for the reader and the listener. Uh, yeah. And it's impossible to understand because they put the intercom phone piece against their teeth. <laughs> You know, when, when they talk into it? Yes. Yes. popping of P's and P's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Microphone technique. Puffy and puffy. So, are you in the market for a question? Sure. I'm going to come up with something. We're still on horses, you know? Names of horses that cowboys ride in on? Yeah, we still have some left. Let me see what we've got here. She's riding six white horses. Here she comes. Okay, do you want the name of the rider or the name of the horse? Uh, I'd, I'd do better with the rider, I think. Okay, Annie Oakley. Oh, we were talking about that earlier. Uh, Gail Davis. Uh-huh. Uh, gosh. I don't, I don't know. I, I saw that show about twice. I, you were always talking about Gene Autry being co-producer. I think he did uh, several others, too, as well as his own. Uh-huh. Flying A Productions. But, um, no, I'm, I'm not stalling. I, I, I can't remember no, you in the first place. Um, I've got some, let me see. Okay, I, are you into old movies? You like old movies, right? Sure, yeah. Okay, I've got some old movie people. Do you know which horse William S. Hart rode? <laughs> I only go back to talkies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chuck Connors in The Rifleman. No, I, I... That's TV. That's TV. Yeah, it is, and I, I, my area of expertise is limited to the Saturday matinee Cowboys. Okay. And uh, the Cowboys on TV, I didn't see. I worked a lot at night anyway when most of those things were on. I have to go back and, and get some extra ones then. I've only got one left, and then I have to go find some other ones. Randolph Scott. Uh, and the Stadler brothers say that it was, his horse was plain as can be. Whatever happened to Randolph Scott, right? That's right. With his horse, plain as can be. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know if they were just making rhymes or if that really is true. Yeah. Whatever happened to Randolph Scott? That was a great song. Really? So you give up, the, you don't want that one either.
No, I'm afraid not. I, uh, I'm hitting the wall tonight. Oh, I have a couple here. Um, we've got. Do you want the horse or the or the character? You want want the character still? Please. Uh -huh. Okay. Paladin on television, Richard Boone. Hmm. I remember the radio show, but I, I don't remember the. I don't remember that they ever gave the name of a horse on the radio show either. But he had one on television. Don't know. Okay. Red Rider. Thunder. All right. We knew you'd get there one, <laughs> one of these. The other ones were hard. I never would have known them. Never. Matter of fact, I, I saw a um, pilot for a Red Rider movie that was going to star, uh, uh, yeah, movie. Really? Alan Lane was going to play Red Rider, and the whole, the whole thing was built around Thunder. And when when he would say, on Thunder, there would be echoes and the, the lightning, the thunder striking, and uh, like he was some sort of mythical horse. Wow. You follow me so far? So what, yeah. Apparently nobody else followed it either because it didn't sell. I, I was just going to ask you what happened. Uh, that was a pilot, and or uh, was it a pilot or an audition? I, I assumed it was a pilot because it was the way it was structured. It, it, huh? The place for the commercial to go and everything. Right. Uh, my understanding was that Alan Road was not a nice person to work with. Is, is that correct? That, that's right. That, that might have come from me. I, in his... Uh, Biography. It talks about how he did not get along with his fellow workers. Uh, I had heard that in other places as well, and that it was almost a gift that he got the Mr. Ed role. Uh-huh. All right, Who whose line was, I kid you not? Jack Parr. Very good. And I think this guy was a frequent guest of Jack Parr. I'd have to go looking. Could be. I also have to go looking for who wrote the book, because I don't know. I just remember that there was a book. All right, keep talking. I'm, I'm looking for the book. All right. <laughs> who was the uh, person on The Tonight Show in the Jack Parr era that you like so well? Um. Oh, uh, Hans Conry? No. Uh, it's, it's close. I can't, I think. Hmm. Well, we've got... What, ha what happened to Jack Parr, really? After he left The Tonight Show, did he want to slow down his career completely? I mean... I think so. I think he, he said he had said all he knew several different ways, and, you know, it, it just became... Uh, it's when it started not to be fun, I think, is the way he put it. Yeah. That he stepped down, but he, he was very good. Jack? He was good. He was good at reacting to his guests, too. Like, the old-timer, Charlie Weaver, was mm -hmm. on there. Uh-huh. I think it was the same actor that uh, played on... Uh, yeah. Cooper McGee and Molly. Maybe, right. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, Cl Cliff Arquette. Was that the same? Cliff. Cliff Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. And the, his granddaughter is an actress... His daughter. His daughter? Huh? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh Weaver. Uh, Geneva or whatever. I, I don't know how you pronounce her first name. Gorney Weaver, I think it is. 
Well, Charlie Weaver was the character's name. Right. Uh, I guess Arquette, I don't, Cliff Arquette, I don't remember his daughter's name, I guess. I think she's, a, the name, when I hear it <laughs> put together right, she's a prominent. Probably, yeah. Actress. My Brother Was an Only Child was written by Jack Douglas. Was he a comedian? Gosh, I, I don't remember that name now. I don't, I don't either. I don't know. That's not ringing a bell with me. Jack Douglas, let's see. We, well, we remember the, the name that he put there. Jack Douglas. Record producer? Hmm. That sound right? Nah. Jack Douglas. I like saying I, I know God Bless America, but I don't know who sang it. <laughs> <sighs> Look who's talking. Jack Douglas. Jack Douglas. <sighs> Profiles. Best known for his appearance on Carry On Films. Jack Douglas was born. All right. Let's see if we put him with Jack Parr, what, it, what will happen. How do you do that? You just put a dash between the two? Or is there... No, uh, you put quotation marks around words that you want to absolutely keep together. Ah, okay. So, Jack Parr, I put quotation marks around it. Um, let's see. And then you put the other word in there just without any... Uh-huh. Uh or yep. punctuation, I'm trying to say. No punctuation ever. Okay. Except the, the quotation marks. All right, he was best known for his appearances as a frequent guest on Jack Parr's show in the late 1950s. On one such appearance, when Douglas was well-established as a Parr guest, he was chastised by Parr for holding a stack of fire cards with his jokes while talking with Parr. When Parr returned to television in 1973, he was confronted by unexpected low ratings, and he had he engaged... Douglas to contribute monologue material by mail. One week there was no mail from Douglas, but his next package contained a note, sorry I didn't send any last week, I forgot you were on. <laughs> this is good. So he was a comedian. And writer, apparently. A writer, writer for the Red Skelton Show and Bob Hope. Hmm. And the sitcom Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou. Do you know what that show was? Yes. Yes, I do. Now, now I know who Jack Douglas is. Yeah, it's Widow Spoke at Spurvac. Okay. I knew him as more of a writer. Yeah, Tommy... Tommy was a football player who had a gift of doing requosism uh, with a little baby girl. Hmm. And he, he, he got his start on the Rudy Valley show. Then he had spin off to his own show. And who was this? T Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou. Oh, okay. They were real people. This was not uh, like Chandu the Magician? No, well, he was real, and he just made up Betty Lou. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's he, unfair. Yeah, he had. He just created a little little voice, girl sounding voice, and um, it was unfair because he was a, a pro football player, and at the, you know, he played football, and in the locker room, uh... As a gag, he would pull out the little girl voice, and all the guys had a duck because they, they weren't probably dressed. <laughs> oh, that's duck, cute. Uh-huh. And it was real. 
Okay, it says a situation comedy Bobby Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou. Bobby Riggs, Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou. It ran from 1938 to 1946. That's a long run. Pretty good run, yeah. In which Riggs switched back and forth from his natural baritone to the voice of a seven-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. How cute. Yeah. Was Garson Kanan one of your favorites, Patricia? I don't I don't know that. Don't know that name? No. Somebody you mentioned long ago, and it was a frequent uh, guest on Garson's Tonight Show, as I recall, but I cannot remember. Yeah, Garson came with one of the great... Um, Film writers, things like that, and a director um, in Hollywood. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a. So a he would be on the talk show her Oh yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. Unless he was plugging a uh, book or. I mean, right, right. That's where I. That's where I knew it from. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll come up with it someday. Hmm. <laughs> Garson Kanan. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Garson. Garson Kanin. Right. A-A-N-I-N. Okay. Uh-huh. He was married to a film actress, and I can't think of what her name was right off the bat. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. You're funny, Nolan. Oh, <laughs> well, you are. Okay. I don't know what did I say? I, I'm two beats behind you now. I don't know what I... You did what? I'm a two beats behind you. I didn't know what I said that made you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said, I said Kanan, K-A-N-I-N, and I thought you said Kissimmee. Oh. <laughs> Meaning. I'm entertaining myself over here. Yeah, that's the way you pronounce it. It's not like Kissimmee. Okay. Made his first film as a director was A Man to Remember in 1938. Yep. Uh. Best remembered, however, for his collaborations with his wife, Ruth Gordon. Correct. Okay. Correct. That's it. She she was she was good. Mm-hmm. She did some really wonderful movies. Um, she did one. Oh my God! I have to think of the name. The man I remember everybody was sort of a, a small country doctor who, uh, in radio played by Lionel Barrymore, who you know they the all the rich, rich guys wanted to cashing all your credits and the baker was a bunch of IOUs and it was a way for them, you know, basically how he uh, didn't collect money for all the bills that people owed him. It was it was an interesting little They took barter apparently. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See movies for Ruth Gordon. She did a movie late in life that was just so cool. Let's see. Travel with spies, my bodyguard scavenger hunt oh come on it was really something about father oh man and and it was a a late one too and she played a woman who was beginning to it was in the beginning stages of alzheimer's and everything she'd done was a rip everything she'd done everything she did was a rip. My bodyguard, no, scavenger hunt, boardwalk, taxi. The word father is in the title. I beg your pardon? Did you say the word father is in the title? I believe father is in the title. But, um... Father of the bride. I think she was the one who got dressed up like a gorilla. <laughs> it was really a, a really dumb movie. 
at the reading, at the reception shoot. I think I would remember that on the movie when I saw that. <laughs> Somebody got dressed up in a gorilla suit. But it was really funny. Oh, and the poor woman, and now I can't even remember. Um, Two-Faced Woman, Inside Daisy Clover. Whatever happened to Aunt Alice? Where's Papa? That's it. Where's Papa? Where's Papa? Okay. And it was just so good. Let me see what we've got here. Where's Papa? A dark comedy based on a novel by Robert... Looks like an L. Robert Klein, is that possible? Starring George Siegel, Ron Liebman, and Ruth Gordon. The, pro the plot revolves around the troubled relationship between a lawyer's son played by Siegel and his senile mother. Um, and that's, that was it. If you have an opportunity to see it, that's what you have to, have to see. Where's Papa? Okay. What year did it come out? It was 1970. Oh. So it was on television when I saw it, but I can't remember when. Um, but it's one of those that pops up every once in a while, and I would imagine that the Turner Classic Network uh -huh. would probably pull one of these. It, it was just one of those that's going to be in, it is an evergreen because it's got people everybody can relate to. So that's your mission. If you find it at Netflix, Where's Papa is one you have to look at. Okay. I really, I do think you'd enjoy it. Sounds good. I, I like monkeys. You like monkeys? <laughs> Ron Liebman, and um, it is really good. I, I like Ron Liebman. So, okay, we can do that. She dresses in a gorilla suit. If somebody dresses up in a gorilla suit. Hey, look, look forward to that. <laughs> Curious George on the TV in the background today. I, you, are you familiar with Curious George? Curious George? Uh-huh. Never seen it. Lady figure that children love. Uh, he gets into various adventures and his little uh, chimpanzee, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I've seen, uh, I know what it is, but I've never seen any of, uh, or read any of the books or seen any cartoons if they've made them. It's fairly recent, uh, and the, his, his partner's a guy that, I think he was a part uh, ranger, and he wears a yellow hat and some bizarre things, but it's uh -huh. really, cute, really cute, it's well done. A little better than SpongeBob, I can't relate to that. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to admit to having seen that one a couple of times. It, it's intriguing. I mean, the, the characters are so weird, so exaggerated, and the stories are so dumb. It's like my awful shows. <laughs> awful, you have to look. You know, it's like a train wreck on television. Kids love it. So, did you hear my awful show earlier tonight? I, all I heard was the last note in, in the theme as it went off, and then you all lit in on it. I wish I had. I, I will send it to you. You may have already. I, I, I have a DVD full of them, of your choice of the worst. Okay, all right. If the, What's the name of it? The title is The Clutching Hand. Oh, yes. It's a single... Uh, it. The reason I said that is there is the worst serial ever produced was called The Clutching Hand. You know about it? 
and this is a, but this would have been, how old would the show be? Uh, 1936. Oh, that would be about right. Thanks. And uh, Sakaban Kanat, it was a wonderful stunt, and, and designed all these stunts. For example, the cowboy jumps on the stagecoach, and the reins have fallen down to, among the horses' hooves, and he drops down, and uh, he, he can't get them. So the stage runs over him, but he catches the axle on the back of the heels <laughs> and flings himself up into the, what they call the boot, where they put the luggage. Uh -huh. Got back on the stage that way. But he, he did this. I'm sure it was there's a little speed correction things done to make it look more exciting than it really was. But yeah. That's been repeated and repeated in movies a long time. But anyway, he's not an actor. But he had a big part in this movie, and the special effects were awful. The plot was awful. They were always doing these. Worse than and making a serial is to show one version of how it happened, and then next week it corrected just a little bit. We failed to tell you that the uh, the uh, dynamite was uh, not in the scene or something like that. Something that's so glaring that you would, even kids would pick it out and boo it. But if you ever get a chance, I don't think I have a copy of that. It smells so bad, I threw it out. It's one of those. Okay, so even the even the visual would have been terrible. But yeah. you, you must, if you do nothing else, please pull out that DVD and listen to one of the clutching hands. Okay. Was so. I don't think there were there was more. Now this was twenty minutes worth of broadcasting. It did not. Somebody chopped off the intro and somebody chopped off the conclusion, you know, the, the wind-up end with an announcer. Uh -huh. So we've only got the 20-minute middle. Within that 20 minutes is the entire show, and I don't think there was more than, I'll say maximum, three pages of dialogue. <clears throat> Everything else was horrid combinations and extensions of sound effects, and a whole chunk in the middle that sounds like dead air, but if you listen really hard, the microphone wasn't close enough to the sound effects man, so he was doing sound effects in the background that nobody could hear. It was a great show. Oh, wow. That's yeah. what you missed tonight, Walden. Yeah, well. See what happens? Something to look forward to, huh? You've, well, you've got the show. You can listen to it. If you really need something to go to sleep by, that's the one. <laughs> There's no dialogue to distract you. It, it was an embarrassment. I will look it up. Please do. Please do. If you need a good chuckle, that's the one. How do they say, it? if you love the movie, you'll hate the book? Or you... Yeah, right. If you yeah. love the book, you'll love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> So I did not know that there was, I'd never even heard of this show before, never mind knowing that it had actually been translated into movies. Did, did the movie come first or the, the, uh, or the, the serial? Did the serial on, on the movies? It, right, yeah, it was, uh, it was barely a talkie. I, uh, it used a lot of sound effects also, oh. and, but it was just dreadful. It was insulting to a 10-year-old. That's really interesting. I wonder if the recordings we're listening to are soundtracks from the movies. Is that, that was the, the early days. They were trying about everything. It's, it's possible. Good way to save money. 
Well, the sound effects are so bad that I don't think they could get away with them. Um, you know, they've, they've got a, a recorded sound of a car driving down the road, and then it goes into a screech, and a car driving down the road, and then it goes into a screech, and the car driving down, I mean, it's just <laughs> the same sound effect over and over and over again. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's episode five. <laughs> I know that's on the disc, so pull episode five. All right, we'll do that. Oh, gosh, yes. First thing. Gosh, yes. Tomorrow. Bathroom first. This morning. Go to the bathroom first, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat breakfast, or eat breakfast first or don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe you need to fortify yourself first, but um, you as a, as a person in the broadcast industry will just shake your head and say, this cannot have been put over the air. Well, are we sure it was? I don't know. It was episode five. They did a whole series. Oh, yeah, you're up to number nine. Oh, five. Where this one is only five. I don't know how many they did. I should go out and look for the show. I don't even know where I found most of these things. They, I just came across them at different times and chucked them in the file. But this one was good. We, I get two points for this one. Well, if, it, if Zorro was better than it was, then I'm really looking for something special. Oh, Zorro was heads and shoulders about this one. Great sound effects in that one. Though. Swish, swish. Swish, yes. Somebody in the in the back Sword. going, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> Good sound effects. Well, folks, I'm going to go see uh, if New York is still on the planet. Yeah. Follow that this morning. That's, that is. I've got it on in the bar here. Um, and it's, it. It, it's just about up to New York now. So they're, they're really concerned about high tide and surge and the waves on top of it pushing water into the waterways, the bays, the rivers. Um, and that's, that's where Manhattan is going to get socked in the, the southern part. Do you think, uh, uh, and I'm not trying to be humorous, but that a New Yorker, tied in the wool New Yorker who's grown up in the city would know much about preparing for a hurricane? Nothing. Nothing. At all? Nothing. They've never seen anything like this. They've had some hurricanes over the years, and, and I'm talking decades ago. Uh, they, they flashed one up, I think it's 1935. They've got some film footage from then, and I believe there was one that hit New Jersey in the early 1960s and really tore up the coastal islands. Um, but as far as I know, those are the only ones. And, you know, they're, they're, the last one they had was so long ago that half of the people up there weren't even born yet. Right. Hardly a man alive remembers. Yeah, right. Hardly a man alive remembers to stay. So it, it's, um, they, they did have really a great response from everybody, including New Yorkers, about the evacuations. Uh -huh. They really hammered at it, and Mayor Bloomberg was uh, doing press conferences and broadcasts repeatedly. And finally, this afternoon, he, he got on and said, okay, folks, if, if you were in the evacuation zones and you haven't gone, just hunker down because you're past your chance. Huh. So... I don't think New Yorkers know what hunker means. 
I, probably not. Well, I don't think he used the word hunker, but it was, it was the same. And yesterday, Governor Christie in New Jersey was so frustrated because they were evacuating the coastal areas, and they, they did it well. They got rid of the visitors first. Uh-huh. They cleaned out the hotels, they put them on buses, they just got them out. And then the next day, they got residents out. But they still had the stragglers who were out on the beach and watching for the waves and hoping that the rain would come. And he got on television and started out with, get the hell off the beaches. <laughs> and I thought, this is cool. <laughs> he really upset. He was really upset, and I got to give him credit for that. That is just silly. Yeah. We have it happen here, though. You know that. Every year, somebody's hurt or killed. I know. They they lost a surfer. I don't know which state he was attempting to beat the waves on, but he drowned. Yeah. Um. It it just. It, I don't know. I I like life too much to do things like that. Yeah. I was like jumping out of planes. Walt and I were talking about this the other day. You know, you step out of a perfectly good plane. Trust that this balloon is going to blow up over your head. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Not my cuppa. Not my idea of a fun afternoon. I don't try to beat trains across the tracks. <sighs> but if we keep talking, we'll make a smooth entrance into the 6.30 break. <laughs> Oh, we're almost there, aren't we? You can wind this up and let <laughs> it a little ragged going into it. Yeah, well, I, I'm trusting that you made the coffee. Yes, I hope so. You did make our coffee. Okay, I take mine black, nothing in it. All right, yeah, I know that. I'm really easy to please. All right. Well, we will uh, see you on the radio. Okay, thank you so much for calling in, Nolan. It's always fun talking with you. My pleasure. I appreciate you inviting me. You bet. Hey, <laughs> something. What, what are we having? Have a good day. We're up to you too. <laughs> bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for inviting me. That's pretty cute. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, are we ready? Sure. What do you want to do now? Well, I think I want to just do a follow-up on... Um, on the clutching hand? Sure. The, the female character. Ah, hello. Good morning. How are you? I hate to do this, but Good after pleasure. you were paging Nolan, yes. I, I've helped myself. <laughs> I, I'm going to make your day. Uh-oh. Hey. This, this is the God honest truth. It is not made up. All right, I'll not, trust you. It's not a joke. I'll trust you. The, the, the only thing that may be incorrect is the pager number. Okay. That I can't remember, but the rest of it is actual truth. My aunt married a good old boy from Iredell County. Now, one other thing, Winston-Salem is about 40 miles west of Greensboro. All this is relevant. Over there is the, what we call the Baptist Hospital. It's the Bowman Gray School of Medicine. And I went there until I was nine years old to see an eye doctor. Well, later my aunt started going there. And, of course, her husband took her. She was in the doctor's office. He was sitting in the waiting room. 
with all these other people. And over the pager came paging Dr. Ticklefinger, <laughs> paging Dr. Ticklefinger, would Dr. Ticklefinger please call extension 327? He lost it. Yeah, considering he was a, a, a diacologist, I would say so. Yep, he totally lost it. All these people sitting there looking at him, and he could not stop laughing. Well, she was in the doctor's office. She didn't know what happened. So anyway, he finally got himself together and stopped. Where she came out, and they went to the desk to pay. Well, while she was taking care of that, he was standing there, and he lost it again. And she didn't, still didn't know what was going on. And, of course, she embarrassed very easily anyway, so she was not a happy camper. And he just, he kept on going, kept going, and she wanted him out of there. So they went out the door, got in the hall, and he finally got stopped again. And she told him she, needed to go, she wanted to go to the bathroom before they started back to Greensboro, so he thought he'd go to. Well, when they came out, he ran his arm through hers, and they started down the hall. Well, the floor was real slick, and she slipped and started falling. Well, he had recently had a back operation, and he was afraid to try to hold her up, so he just grabbed her up to him and went down under her. So there they were in the hall, laying on, stretched out on the floor. She was on top of him. Their arms were locked together, and they couldn't get loose, and all these people started gathering around them. Nobody was offering to help them. And then she said softly to him, my girdle busted. <laughs> he lost it again. Oh, that poor man. He could not stop laughing. And nobody was helping him. Well, finally, when he got stopped, he got they got untangled and got up and started out. And he got out the door of the hospital, and there was a bench there. And he just fell over on the bench and lost it again. Mm -hmm. Well, she was getting madder by the minute. She still didn't know what was happening. Well, he didn't tell her, and he got got it stopped again. They got in the car and started back to Greensboro, and they were coming down I-40, and it happened again. He finally had to pull over and stop till he could get over. He couldn't drive. But that's a true story. I believe it. And you know, when you start laughing that hard, you can't... That was it. You cannot. He, he just, he just couldn't. And I mean, I thought it was funny just listening to it. I, but if I'd been there, I'd probably lost it too. I would have too. And my, my question would have been, what specialty is he in? I, well, I'd be afraid to ask. I know. I know. I, I tell you one thing: if it had been me, I think I would have changed my name, even if I wasn't a doctor. I know. Well, if it was a diacologist, it might fit. I and I was well, a proctologist. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but I just I I really think I would have legally changed my name. I know. You know? Do you think it could have? Well, no, because then it, it, even the staff would have cracked up. I was going to ask if you thought somebody was being funny. No, no, it was an actual page. It was an actual um, page. Well, I yes. Say being um, I had. It, it is definitely a true story. Now that's a fact. Yeah, I, I had a nurse 
who had a warped sense of humor, and unfortunately, he worked the midnight shift. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, he would page Harvey the Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I took him apart, one side down the other. It's bad enough that, you know, I mean, it's bad enough that, that people... In a hospital, and this was when the the PA systems were working, as you say, being paged. Um, it, it it was bad enough that people in the middle of the night would get awakened by a page. We really kept the pages down at night, and then for such a stupid thing, Harvey the Rabbit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then the operator for doing it. Uh, well. That's a weird. That's the way life goes sometimes. Uh, so that's why I asked. Uh, maybe somebody uh, did it as a joke. No, it, it was it was an actual fact, and it, uh, it really was. His I just. Doctor Ticklefinger, holy cat! <laughs> <laughs> I would have changed my name. So would I. Well, I knew there was a doctor in Texas named Dr. Payne, who was a dentist. Yeah, well, that, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of business that would, that would drive up. We've got a uh, guy here in Burlington that retired from Glen Raven Mills. He was a salesman, and they made all kinds of canvas, and he's gone into business making awnings, mm-hmm. and the name of his company is Shady Deal Awnings. <laughs> And and I always thought that was kind of a bad choice to generate business, but I, I think I, I had nothing to do with it. Unreal. People sometimes just don't think. Well, it's either that or they just thought it was catchy, but you know I can see where it would put people off too. Uh huh. Oh well. Anyway, y'all have fun. You too. Okay. I will not call back again. <laughs> Do have a good day today. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Dr. Ticklefinger. And this is a family show. Uh-huh. What interesting. What a hoot. What interesting. What a hoot. I would have officially changed my name long before I went to medical school. Oh. Mm-hmm. Don't you wonder where names like that come from? Uh-huh. It might be derivatives of something. Boy, I might, I mean, just, just the, the name Tickle, you know, if it, if, if it was a combination yep. of, like, mother name and father name, yep. even the name Tickle would set me off. Well, you know, we did have uh, Tickle Bill. We so had we, what? Tinkle Bill. You mean the little fairy in, in Walt Disney? No, I was thinking originally the... The first version of the song, Silver Bells. Oh, 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 right. Tinkle yeah, Bells. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That wouldn't work either. Mm-hmm. Gee, willikers. Absolutely. Well, we are going to save our Fibber McGee and Molly show for next week. Another holdover. Another holdover. And I will have another awful show pulled because I think they are fun. <laughs> they are just plain fun. And most of them are short, mercifully. Yes. So we'll, we'll have a little bit of a break and have a little bit of fun. You bet. And I'll have one with more dialogue next time. <laughs> Actually, I'll have one 
with some dialogue. This one barely made some. Well, hey. Really awful stuff. Um, let me see. All right. Before we go, I have one more. Yes. Maybe I'll give you a, a little bit more than one. Which who is up at this hour? Hello there, you're on the air. Well, you missed the 6.30 break. I know. <laughs> We're going for the all-time record. <laughs> <laughs> we have a dry cleaners here in the land, and it's B&O cleaners. B&O, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> isn't that wonderful? I mean, Apparently, the, nobody thought of it until after the sign was painted, so they had to keep it. B-O. There is... A dry cleaner, I guess dry cleaners really have some, uh, there's an electrician, I'll have to look up some of theirs as well, but in Sarasota, a few years ago at least, there was a dry cleaners there who had the slogan in the window, drop your pants here, <laughs> which I thought was really a showstopper. You know, that was good. That was really creative. The other one was the ladies who will come by and drop off their clothes will receive prompt attention. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I do have some some business signs somewhere. I bet it's on my old computer, and I never never got to save them. Um, I've got a couple of computers I have to bring to the computer doctor and see if they can retrieve information. And I'm confident that's on there as well. But some of the signs are priceless. Just priceless. Well, I swear I wouldn't call again. <laughs> Glad you did. I mean, we needed a, a 6.30 break, and you helped us get through it. And that's a, that was a good a good one. Be all cleaners. <laughs> How come? Okay, I'm going to go drink some more coffee. Okay, have one for us. See you next week. You bet. Bye. There we go. So if you if you go to Sarasota, you have a dry cleaner up there. Well, at least we know where we get clothes dried. Say that again, please. At least we know where we get clothes dried. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh sure. This is good. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've just got a couple of more here, because I told you that guys have to stay away from oak trees. That's right. Because yeah. lightning, lightning. Hits oak trees, and lightning hit eighty percent of the people hits mm -hmm. are men. I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty good. There must like, be a hidden message in here somewhere. Females are just too smart. Females are too smart to stand under trees. That's right. Um, okay, the average porcupine has more than 30,000 quills. They can really stick you. Isn't that amazing? They can really stick you. They can really stick you, and they're excellent swimmers because their quills are hollow. Oh. Very good. All right, now here's another guy thing. Guy thing. Men laugh longer and more loudly and more often than women. Because you guys are laughing at women. I don't know. That's just an interesting thought. Why, why would guys laugh more loudly? I can understand. Yeah, loudly I can. I don't know about more often. I don't know about more often. Yeah. Um, longer? I don't know about that either. Mm -hmm. I agree. Thing. Okay, Agatha Christie, one of my favorite authors mm -hmm. with brain candy books that are just so much fun to read. Mom's going to try to get back into that. She couldn't can't figure it out, so I think she would think she wants to give it another try. So she got some recommendations, whether, 
with her now. Would you say that again? My mom, years ago, tried Agatha Christie, but couldn't get it. Oh, I couldn't couldn't get the well, messages? Or, or it just it didn't click with her. It didn't click with her. So, you know, a lot of people... And she's going to try again, so if you got any recommendations on that front... Oh, sure. Let her know. Oh, sure. There are a couple that are fun. Okay. There are some... One of the bad things that she did, at least for my brain, is that... She had many characters in the books, and she introduced them very quickly. So you didn't have time to get accustomed to one or two characters before the next ones showed up. They were just all at once, and you had to keep track of them before you you recognized their voices, their names, right. their positions. Well, um, so that, that that can be difficult. But there are a couple that are really good. My mom just fell in love with Michael Connelly and read all his mystery books. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know, some people have a hard time with Agatha Christie because she wrote in the British vernacular. And that could be. So the word combinations and the tone, um, very different from American writers. Mm -hmm. And I love it, but a lot of people hate it. Mm. Okay, this one, oh, I, Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie claimed she did most of her plotting for her books while sitting in a bathtub Munching on apples. Hey! That's why your mom hates them. That's a bright gal. That's pretty screwy, if yeah. you ask me. She really, you know, she disappeared for a handful of days, maybe a couple of weeks. Nobody ever knew where she disappeared to. They they had people out searching for her. No idea where she was. They didn't walk in the bathroom, huh? They didn't walk in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. She must have been pretty pruny Uh-huh. Okay, now this one is the best in the whole wide world. In Pennsylvania, ministers are forbidden from performing marriages when either the bride or the groom is drunk. Now that made me wonder what happens in the other 49 states. Mm -hmm. It also made me wonder how come they need a law to tell a minister not to marry a drunk person. Yeah, good point. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Good point. I'm hopeful that it's one of those silly laws that just never got wiped off the book. Mm -hmm. That's pretty scary yep. that, that somebody has to have a law not to marry yep. drunk people. Yep. So anyway, that's the end of my story for tonight. It is 641 on the East Coast, and we're going to finish up for the night. I think we broke our record. I think we broke our record. Yeah. I'll have to keep track of our records. But right. it was a fun night and fun talking with everybody. Our thoughts are with the people on the East Coast. I bet you my Patricia's not going to go to bed until she sees Manhattan through. She's not going to go to bed for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, Here. all you New Yorkies, stay yeah. up. Stay up. You be safe up there. Yeah. So, I guess it's time to put Doris on. We'll get rolling with the show, everybody. And for Doris. Good night, everybody. We will be back next week. That is a direct threat. And you have a wonderful week. Thank you for being with us again. And we'll talk to you all soon, everybody, here on Yesterday USA. Walden. Yeah, my dear. Night, Walden. Good night. We'll talk to you, everybody, soon.
the party's over It's time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim. You danced and dreamed through the night. It seemed to be right. Just be. Excites me 
Sunday, everybody. It is Sunday, August 28th. Year. 